We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. going on everybody welcome to the yahoo fantasy show here on roto grinders i'm Britt divine uh happy to be doing my first show of the season with my uh my friend from the other side of the uh the americas mr boggs late uh what's up boggs not much i'm pissed it's tax. Uh, <laughs> I'm, i mean listen it's the 15th right things are due today we're all mad but hey it's the price you gotta pay to be able to work from home in your underwear if you want I tell you what, I, I'm going to move somewhere else where it's not as expensive. <laughs> yeah, me and you, uh, we were talking pre-show. We we get we get the most screwed, right? If you live in California, live in New York, those are the worst states for kind of doing what we do. Um, so I feel your pain, Boggs. I mean, I didn't have the $100,000 score like uh, I think you did last year. So I'm not feeling the pain quite as much as you, but uh, that, it definitely hurt, my friend. So I'm in the same boat. And Grant, Grant is the master of taxes. It's the former accountant. But uh, Grant, you feel the pain as well, correct? Yeah, not quite as bad. Luckily, moving over to Denver really, really helps lessen the blow. And so it should be cheaper this year. But yeah, living in California since I've started doing this has not been fun at all. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we feel your pain, Boggs. So I understand that. And uh, Boggs, what, who better to take this out on than umpires tonight, right? Let's uh, let's talk about, we'll talk about umpires as we progress through the show today. How does that sound? Let's not. <laughs> <laughs> all right, no umpires, just baseball players? Yeah. All right. Um. First thing I want to do today is if you're a premium member, uh, you have access to Slate IQ. And if you're not a premium member, well, guess what? You get to see it today because I'm going to spend some time talking about the cool tool that uh, Kevin Cole, Jamino, a couple other people I helped work on it a little bit as well have put together here at Roto-Grinder. So you've seen Slate IQ for basketball specific, you know, and you've seen it for football specifically on, on like the showdown slates. It, uh, it kind of, it, historically looks at other slates to try to determine what types of players might be optimal, suboptimal, and things like that. And we've been working on this behind the scenes since before the season started. And it's basically available if you're a premium member. So you can jump on over to the homepage and you can look at it and play along with us if you're a premium member. And if you're not, you can just watch the show to kind of look at it behind the scenes. And uh, I kind of wanted to show everybody 
uh, I don't know, maybe give like a five, 10 minute tutorial on it. We'll, and we'll, we'll try to, you know, uh, ping these two guys to see if they agree with anything that Slate IQ is saying. So it has all your normal stuff at the top, but basically the heart uh, of Slate IQ is the stack leverage tool here. So in team stacking, uh, we've historically pulled out using all the results on results DB. And we were comparing the, the most 25 similar slates to tonight on what the field's done in those and what's kind of won in those tournaments. And this is very DraftKings specific because that's what we have all the CSVs for. So if you play on DraftKings a lot, this is probably uh, one of the best tools you can use for it. So uh, I want to show uh, Boggs here, right? So the Angels, right? They're going to be really popular tonight. Well, Slate IQ tries to look back at other similar slates of teams that had high totals that also had, you know, hey, maybe there's a couple of stud pitchers tonight and it's an X game slate and we've got this many games and try to match the Angels historically to what other teams are like as well. And doing that, we can see that while the Angels appear in winning lineups, these are the top 0.1% of lineups, a healthy amount. We can also see the field rosters, the Angels, at a higher rate than they appear in winning lineups, thus creating a little bit of negative leverage. Um, Boggs, what do you think of your Angels tonight? You think the Angels at high ownership are worth it in tournaments? You're you're kind of the, uh, you know, you play a lot of the higher stakes stuff sometimes. You play the limited entries. You probably have some in the million-dollar tournament tonight uh, over on DraftKings. Uh, what do you think of your Angels' chances? Yeah, I like them. Uh, obviously, the, the lineup just came out, and, you know. Stroud in there? He is, but there's no bore. Oh, uh, that was a key on Yahoo tonight. Yeah, big of a bit of a head scratcher. I don't know if he's dealing with some type of injury or whatnot, but um, you know, and that makes the the you know a pretty mm -hmm. much right-handed heavy lineup more right-handed heavy. Shelby Miller, he's not a good pitcher, um, but definitely you know over the course of his career has struggled mm -hmm. more against left-handed bats. Um, so I haven't really made my mind up on this lineup as a whole, but getting some shares of the cheap Cole Calhoun, um, you can play a good win. Uh, Listella's price is coming up and he's probably not too expensive, even though he mm -hmm. doesn't break the bank. Uh, but I, I would target the lefties, but Calhoun, he's, he's definitely a guy that I'm going to be using a lot. Um, you can get to trout tonight too, pretty easily. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, look, he's in play. Uh, the, the problem though becomes, you know, if the angels do jump out to a huge lead, are they still going to be super cautious with trout and maybe yanking from that game early? Mm -hmm. But, um, good to see him back i'll say that yeah we'll talk all about this and i would imagine too so uh one of the main components of slate iq is projected ownership so with boy i think boar is going to carry some ownership so as the night progresses if you do use a, a tool like slate iq it becomes more accurate as the night moves on and more lineups get released and projected ownership becomes a little bit clearer um that is a main component of it so if the ownership changes you know we're looking at this at four o'clock the angels are negative leverage but let's say their ownership drops and some other things happen on some other lineups, they could swing to positive leverage by the time uh, ownership becomes a little bit more clear towards the end of the night. So it's a really good tool. It changes in real time. It gives you stacks that you might not be thinking about tonight, like the Dodgers. You know, if you weren't going to play the Dodgers, they're, you know, projected middle of the field in ownership, but they're currently sitting as one of the highest leverage stacks, as is St. Louis, as is Chicago tonight, um, simply based on facts that they're, you know, they're, they're middle of the road in ownership, but they end up in winning lineups a lot of the time tonight. So if you do use Slate IQ to try to look at your stacks, 
uh, I would encourage you to look at it either multiple times or definitely check it a little bit closer to lock because the ownership uh, really factors into the leverage, um, especially in baseball. When guys get too highly owned, right? Fail sport grant. The most likely outcome for Mike Trout, if you were to pick a number, an actual fantasy point number for him every single night is going to be zero, even though he's Mike Trout in a great spot tonight. So ownership can That's really – That's the most likely number. Uh, well, I, no, if you had to guess like zero, two, five, seven, zero is always going to be yeah. the most likely. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's baseball. Anything can happen realistically. Like, Yeah, anything can happen with one player. So if you ever play someone at 50% ownership, you're probably making horrible life decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, leveraging with guys that are going to be lower owned and looking at slate IQ there, I I absolutely agree with the Dodgers in St. Louis. They are two going to be two of my higher owned stacks tonight. And Peralta, with when you're using the leverage stacking tool, like this is a perfect way to explain it. Mm-hmm. Like they'll they'll only be five point five percent owned and they'll win nine point eight percent of the time. It's because Peralta is a very hard hit prone, very walk oriented mm-hmm. pitcher that can strike out a huge amount of guys. So if he has his stuff, then he's going to just cruise through it and it's not going to win. But if he doesn't have the right stuff, he can get completely blown out of the water here with the St. Louis stack. And then over with the Dodgers, they're going up against Luis Castillo, who has obviously been fantastic this year and was fairly good last season. But the hard contact rate this season is not quite what it should be. It's way, way lower. It's expected to go up here. And pretty much all numbers are there to regress a bit. The Dodgers, this Dodgers lineup, full of lefties that can absolutely mash. They're not going to be heavily owned because they only have a 4.15 implied team total. And there's like seven different teams with a 4.5 or above. And so they're just going to be overlooked here. So just based on ownership, they should crush way more often than their ownership uh, actually says. Yeah, it's a, it's a really fun tool, not only for, like, I like the stacks part, but we have actual stack numbers, Boggs. So check this out, Boggs, right? This is cool. So we've looked back at the the most 25 historical slates, and we've looked at the actual stacks people make, whether it's 5-3, right? All your cool stuff. And we've pulled out which one of those give you the most leverage every night based on the slate size and all the other stuff going on. We've got pitcher leverage as well, so you can see uh, on a night like tonight, right, Clayton, let's pull up uh, maybe the highest projected on hitter. Trevor Bauer is going to be pretty popular on DraftKings, and pitchers like him, given the slate size, end up on winning lineups basically about the same amount as he owns. So he's pretty neutral, where you know, it looks like you Darvish is going to carry uh, a little bit more ownership than he would show up in, in winning lineups tonight. It's a really cool tool. They put a lot of time. There's a lot of stuff and math behind the scenes that goes into creating all this. Uh, I think it's probably one of the next to Plate IQ, which uh, I think we had a couple years ago. Uh, Slate IQ is going to be really smart. It has hit on, on several things so far behind the scenes as we've been testing it that you wouldn't even think about uh, so far this season. Uh, so I'm glad that this is now going to be a, a product for our premium members. And uh, if you're playing on DraftKings tournaments every night, I encourage you to take a look at it. Uh, all right, enough uh, Slate IQ talk. Uh, you ready to talk about tonight, Boggs? Yeah, well, I'm just actually, before we do that, I'm still trying to figure out, uh, you know, your Trout Zero projection. When's the last time you actually got a zero? Well, so if, if you're trying to pin the actual number of fantasy points for any baseball player, the most likely projection is always going to be zero. Not fair enough, but all I'd right. say he's probably the He's the one favorite. that might be the exception to the rule. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk pitching today. I was really torn at the top uh, what I was going to do on Yahoo. Uh, it was Aaron Nola or Bauer. Um, Nola's at home. 
uh, good pitching weather, Bowers in Seattle. Uh, they were basically a coin flip for me. I don't have the umpire data on Bauer, and I know you love umpires, but Nola got a pretty bad umpire, one of the worst ones you can get in the league, an extreme hitter's umpire. Uh, these were a coin flip. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to have Bauer's umpire by the time lineup locks, uh, but as it stands right now, I think I'm actually leaning Bauer very consistent in strikeouts. I know Seattle's been a hot team, but Bauer, uh, I think, is on the upswing to be one of the best pitchers in all of the league this year. Uh, I have him right now as my favorite pitcher. How about you? Yeah, um, definitely. And it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's not close for me because Nola, you know, he's, I guess, an under the radar type of ace, you could say. Um, but I don't really think that is good pitching weather out there. You got wind blowing across your face. Um, it's, you know, it's cold in both spots, but I definitely like the, the Bauer side of things here and you know i'm not really going to play much of noah especially on a site like yahoo i think he's very very you know expensive and i don't really think this is a great matchup for him you know they've got really that, that top top five in that uh, mets lineup dangerous bats and uh, ones that i don't typically like to pick on so it's also a pitcher's park or a hitter's park i'm sorry and like i said i don't really think that that weather makes it conducive to pitching um, Grant, who do you got at the top if you're trying to make a pick right now? They were pretty close for me. I've currently chosen uh, Cleveland uh, over NOLA. Uh, how about you up at the top? Yeah, so I think it's a little bit side-dependent on Yahoo. Zero question, it's Bauer. He's two bucks more expensive than NOLA, four bucks more expensive than Syndergaard. There's no question about it. Over on DK, probably the same thing. Fantasy draft, probably the same thing. Over on FanDuel, I think it's a little bit more up in the air. Bauer's just so much more expensive than yep. these other guys that I don't mind going Syndergaard or Nola. I don't even know if I'm using Bauer over there. People are going to try and force him in, and there's a few different ways that I would rather go. But Bauer, he's got the best stuff. He's got the best K stuff. He's got a higher K rate than Nola or Syndergaard by a decent amount. He can just work through any lineup, and I get the Mariners are good and that they have a lineup that can destroy pretty much any pitcher, but Bauer's the guy that I trust the most by far. Bauer is the guy with the largest upside. Mm -hmm. And so you just roll with him and move on on those three sides. But FanDuel, it's a little bit tougher. This uh, Boggs, real quick question for you. Early in the season, normally pitchers limited on pitch count somewhat. Not Trevor Bauer, 108, 117, 115. Any thoughts that maybe Cleveland sees this and like, hey, maybe we need to reel in Trevor Bauer any bit? Well, you know, they uh, are like one of the few remaining teams that actually like deploys a, a full rotation. I know that Clevenger's out and, you know, a couple other guys are out, but I mean, they have guys that are workhorses, Bauer, uh, Kluber, mm -hmm. uh, Carrasco, uh, and they really don't have a good bullpen behind them to, to rely on. So they, the guys do have long leashes. I guess you could say it's like an old school type of rotation compared to the shit we see today from some of these teams. But um, it doesn't concern me. You know, obviously, he had a no-hitter going in one of those games and walked a lot of guys, so that's why his pitch count was elevated. And it would be a red flag if he, you know, that next start for me. But um, the fact that he went out and threw around a similar amount of pitches, I don't really see the, a need for them to, uh, to uh, scale him back by any means, especially today. All right, I'm going to go ahead and throw Bauer in. I think he's my uh, my SP1 on Yahoo today to start it off. Uh, I, I don't mind Nola. Uh, Boggs seemed to, to not really want any Nola today. What about you, Grant? Uh, you know, I think the Mets lineup's okay. Um, there is some wind, but it's not blowing out or anything. I just I prefer the consistency that 
um, Bauer's giving me over Nola, who's basically had one good start and got hit around. Maybe get hit around by Washington a little bit. I'm not going to hold it against you, but the Mets somewhat capable. I think I'm just going to prefer Bauer. Yeah, well, I mean, that's completely understandable based on the prices on most of these sites outside of FanDuel. Like, here's the thing, though. Nola is due for some pos- a huge amount of positive regression. He obviously gave up five home runs in his last two starts. Like, looking at all the outlying numbers, they don't really point to that. He's still – I mean, look at the Washington game. He got 12 ground ball uh, plate appearances, and he still gave up two home runs and gave up four home – or four earned runs. A lot of this is going to regret and I, or regress, but I get that the Mets are a very good team. It's still 50 degrees there at a low sea level stadium, and I don't think that it's bad a bad idea to play him. And I he's my favorite pitcher over on FanDuel. I'd still lean more towards Bauer over on the other sides, but FanDuel, I think Noel is my top guy just because. Have you been talking to Cardi with a near sea level ballpark no i just golfed over <laughs> in South Carolina at five feet sea level yep. and you can just tell immediately whenever you hit i had to go from what would normally be a pitching wedge all the way down to a seven iron you do that and you kind of realize things and then i live over in denver there's obviously a massive difference based on sea level um let's go to Cindergard opposite in this game grant i'll stay with you Cindergard, uh, a very good real life pitcher uh so far this season uh, has been very good. He's even up to strikeouts a little bit here. Uh, all kinds of soft contact. Plate IQ is just green just about everywhere here. Philadelphia lineup, tough. Philadelphia lineup, not a lot of actual strikeouts in it. Um, what are we doing with a guy like Syndergaard tonight? I have a little – again, it's more fan to play than anything. On the other sides, I just don't think you go there. This Philadelphia lineup is stacked all the way up and down. Syndergaard's not really a guy that walks a whole lot, but you look at the – walk rates versus righties this year for this Philly lineup 20 percent 21 percent 12 percent 10 11 20 like everyone's walking at a giant clip here for this Phillies team and they're stacked all the way top to bottom I don't think there's a bad hitter really in that entire lineup yes Syndergaard gets up a lot of soft contact but a lot of these guys can just hammer the ball here we always have the greatest hitter of all time in reels in the lineup so it makes <laughs> it a little tough um so he's still very much in play. He's still a very good strikeout pitcher, or not very good, a well above average strikeout pitcher, and he doesn't really give up a lot of hard contact. But with the amount of walks there in this lineup, it's going to work up the pitch count. So I think well, I'd I mean, rather there's go like with no walk. There's no walks in Cindergard's game. There's very few, pretty much. Yeah, there's no walks. In... Yeah, that's fine. It's a what two three game sample size. It's not a giant sample size here. And two times it was against Washington. One was against Minnesota. I don't think those guys are nearly the walk team as Philly is. They're a lot more patient. And sometimes that just happens. So he also gave up 10 earned runs so far this season. So if you want to say, oh, walks don't matter, then you can just say, well, he's getting babbit like crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I still think that it's not worth paying 10K for him over on DK when you get Bauer for 10-4 over on Yahoo, pay 55 bucks for Bauer yeah. compared to 51 for Syndergaard. Yahoo's Just very pitching centric tonight. So would you give up, would you give up two bats to play Anola or a Syndergaard? Or would you play sort of, there, there's a couple of mid-tier and even bottom of the tier pitchers I'm looking at today. I think, uh, I think I'm going to go with one of those guys, my SP2, instead of uh, going with two studs today. I think I just want a couple more bats tonight. I mean, over on Yahoo, you basically you pay up for Bauer. You absolutely pay up for Bauer, and then your SP two go. You can go with either one of 
three different spots. You can pay for Nola or Cindergard, or you go down to Darvish, who mm-hmm. makes things a little bit easier. Peralta or Peralta, both of them have huge amounts of upside. Or Lucchesi, like you go with one of those three guys in the middle, or you punt and just go completely balls out with Phil Meyer. All right, let's uh, Boggs. What's your thoughts on Cindergard tonight against Phillies? Uh, if you didn't like the pitching weather for Nola, you're probably not going to not like it for this one uh, with that wind going there. But he's just a he's a real life excellent pitcher. Uh, even though he hasn't got the strikeouts, the strikeouts are up a little bit this year. Uh, it's just that Philadelphia lineup just worries me a little bit. Yeah, it's obviously a tough line, a tough ballpark. Um, I still prefer him to Nola, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think I do too. But, um, you know, again, I'm not really excited about playing either of these guys. I think this is a, a game that's uh, definitely will be entertaining, uh, but uh, one that I'm not really going to go out of my way to roster guys from. All right. I'm going to bring up uh, a guy who has three amazing starts so far to start this year, and that's Luis Castillo. Now, he's at the Dodgers. And it can be a little hairy. Uh, Boggs, you're the tournament mind uh, a little bit more. You're probably playing uh, quite a bit in that big tournament on DraftKings tonight. Are you playing any Luis Castillo? You look at some of his uh, stat cast data. Uh, I have baseball savant pulled up here. His changeup is basically unhittable by lefties. And the Dodgers, if you look at some of our, um, you know, our, our stat cast stuff that's on plate IQ, uh, don't really seem to hit the changeup as well uh, as you think they might here. Uh, this new pitch is completely unhittable. All of his stuff uh, is extremely good this year. If he's going to throw with this type of strikeout numbers and his stuff has really progressed to this level, I think he's actually pretty interesting tonight. He's, he's interesting. Um, and, you know, you bring up a good point regarding, you know, a potentially new pitch that, you know, it's definitely one that, you know, is conducive to getting out left-handed batters. But um, in this matchup here, I just, the Dodgers, I think they're just going to, you know, sit back and, and, and really make him work. Um, sure, I think he can get, uh, you know, six, seven strikeouts, even against this good patient Dodgers team. But I feel like they're going to work up the counts on him and he's going to really have to have everything go his way in order to be someone where – in a position where you're going to regret fading him. So I like him fine. Um, I don't like the matchup. And because I think, you know, that's going to take, you know, he's going to have to get through a lot of pitches mm-hmm. uh, to get there. I just don't think he's going to, you know, have a, some 12 strikeout performance. tonight. Grant, what do you think of a guy like Castillo tonight? If you're looking for upside at low ownership, he brings it, obviously, you know, I know there's the blowout potential too, but um, from a, you know, ownership perspective to upside, I certainly think he, he can bring it tonight. Yeah, I mean, he's got a 35% K rate on the year. He was obviously fairly high K rate. Pitcher last year, you look at Vegas totals, and the Dodgers only projected at 4.1, I think, right now. And, I mean, looking at Bauer, looking at Syndergaard, looking at Nola, that's not that much higher than any of those guys. I mean, they're all within 0.3 of each other, mm-hmm. and Castillo's going to draw the lowest amount of ownership. Tournaments, I absolutely he's got two percent ownership on Yahoo projected. Uh, yeah, and he's going to be sub six probably on pretty much every site. Yep. I don't mind going with him at all. Like you're playing a numbers game with so many people going on Bauer, with so many people going on Nola, Cindergard guys, names that you trust with. Like the numbers for, for Castillo could be just as real. Mm-hmm. Like you go with Castillo at lower ownership in bigger field tournaments. I don't know if it's entirely worth the risk in some smaller field ones. But in big field tournaments, yes, you can absolutely go there. It's a little bit tough to pay up for him and Bauer. 
over on Yahoo, but it's definitely doable. So unless you're forcing a double stack, then you can go with them. All right. I want to hit a soft spot with Boggs here on the next picture. Uh, Matt Shoemaker Boggs. Uh, you still pissed at your angels for letting them go? Oh, yeah. Um, so his split finger this year, uh, an ex-WOBA of 194, a WOBA of 124, huge strikeout potential, tons of swings and misses, and he's hitting his spots with it. If you look at the, uh, the quality of pitch stats, uh, he's been playing really, really well to start the season here. Another guy, really low ownership. I mean, Minnesota is dangerous, but um, I don't know. Shoemaker's been pretty good. This is a really – the pitching angle in this game is interesting from both sides. I, I hate to say it. Oh, I, I disagree with that. Uh, <laughs> I know you're uh, probably going to like Shoemaker a little Yeah, bit. well, I mean, look, he, this is a situation where, uh, you know, I want some twins bats uh, because Shoemaker's not going to, you know, continue this. And he is a guy that um, – I guess more so the right-handed batters will give up those, you know, fly balls and, you know, the twins, um, you know, you look at the lineup on paper and it's, yeah, it doesn't really scare you, but you know, these guys are pretty underrated. Um, so uh, I have some more, more, inter- probably more interest in the twins bats here. I'm still kind of taking the wait and see approach on Shoemaker, but from what I've seen when during his days with the angels, he's that same pitcher that, uh, you know, will go out there and attack uh, pitchers, he's not going to, you know, dick around with, you know, nibbling around the zone like we'll probably see with you, Darvish, tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he's got that split working, um, it's obviously his most important pitch. But sometimes he can't, he doesn't have that going. And that's when you really see him get lit up because his fastball is not anything to be afraid of. Uh, but he's got to have all his pitches working uh, for him to, to continue that success. So it's a bit risky. I, I like actually. I like Shoemaker maybe more than most, but I also like the Twins bats. Yep, yeah, I think it's uh, I mean, it's okay in baseball to play both sides of a game, especially in GPPs as you're diversifying. Um, but I like if the split fingers on for him. I think there is some really good potential. I do want to know two of his performances, the two good ones: Detroit, Baltimore. Right, pump the brakes just a little bit. We know both those teams are pretty bad to start the season. Um, a reasonable outing against Boston. Um, 18.7 isn't really going to do it for you on Yahoo or really kind of get you anywhere else uh, in tournaments tonight. And that was against Boston, but uh, I think there is a little bit of upside here. But, or, uh, Grant, is he on your radar at all, or you want to kind of proceed to a, a couple more of the chalkier pitchers? I mean, a decent strikeout pitcher who, if he has his stuff, can crush, who gives up a lot of hard contact. Of course, he's on my radar, and of course, the Twins stack is on my radar. Baseball isn't entirely linear when it comes to points. The strikeout upside's there, but the potential for him to go three, four bombs, like we've seen with this Minnesota team multiple times this season, is there. It's not going to draw that much ownership because the high implied team total and the pricing. So he's in play for tournaments, and Twins are in play for tournaments. All right, let's uh, Grant. I'm going to stay with you. Let's settle the debate of which of the mid-tier pitchers is our SP two tonight? Because this is it's going to come down to Lucchese, it's going to come down to Peralta, and it's going to come down to Darvish. All have there are reasons to use them, and I think all of them have reasons to possibly not use them. So uh, I'll let you pick your favorite of those two. Which way would you personally go? It's, it's Lucchese. Um, just the low implied total for the Rockies, the trash lineup they have at the bottom there. Like everything kind of points towards Lucchese being the better option. I mean, he's 34 bucks over on Yahoo compared to Peralta who at 36 bucks can get you negative five or can get you 30. He's in play for tournaments. And Darvish, we saw him walk everyone in his first few outings, and then he was fine last one. 
but I'm not going to buy into that. For cash, it's Lucchese, and it's zero question in my mind. For tournaments, I think all three are in play, but I'd probably still err on the side of Lucchese just because the upside's there and the floor is there. Uh, Boggs, between those three, which one's your SP2 tonight? Uh, well, I hate to say it, but I, I'm leaning towards Darvish. Um, it's more of a matchup-based thing, and... You know, I mean, I, any pitcher versus Miami. Jake Arrieta went out and had a masterful performance against uh, the. And Marcus. that's that's along the lines of what I'm expecting. <laughs> and that's not really what you really want. Um, but at the same time, uh, I'm not buying into Freddie Peralta, one pitch wonder, uh, against a good, you know, very good offense in a pitcher's park. Um, it, it's really just, I and I like said again, I hate to say it, but with when Darvish is priced down here, you know, he's still got that. He's still got the stuff. He's just Mm -hmm. goes out there and he's so damn deliberate and, you know, looks so nonchalant. And uh, I mean, I was almost prepared after his first start of the year to just completely write him off for forever, just based on the fact, you know, this team spots him a three, a three nothing lead in the first inning. And he goes out there. I think it was in Texas. Seven walks. (laughs) Oh my God. It was a a disaster. I couldn't watch it. It was just like pulling teeth, but Mm -hmm. At the same time, you know, even in shitty weather in his last start, comes out and starts throwing strikes. And if he's able to throw strikes, he's he's going to generate swings and misses. Got Again, he got the stuff. He just needs to put it in between his ears. Are you worried on pitch count? Someone brought it up in Lucchese in chat. Hasn't thrown over 85. Darvish hasn't thrown over 77 pitches uh, so far this season. I know some of that in the first two were to walks, but he was still giving up some runs and some hits. Uh, even against Pittsburgh in his last outing, I gotta think pitch count starts climbing up a little bit for him today. Well, the thing is, the Cubs have had to use a lot of their bullpen early this season. Um, mainly because of Darvish, <laughs> but um, you know, and the bullpen hasn't been good. Uh, the, the Cubs, hey, I'll tell you what, they're the worst team in that division, uh, until unless they can get their starting pitching going. Um, but at the same time, I'm not ready to just completely give up on Darvish. Uh, that might change tonight, but I think, again, from what I've seen, it's just him not locating pitches. Mm-hmm. It's still got the movement, that sweeping slider. He still, you know, throws, you know, f- primarily from the stretch, which supposedly helps him once runners get on. But uh, again, it's just, uh, I'm not ready to just completely jump shit. On mm-hmm. uh, I'm so gonna- let me add something real quick. On Yahoo, where Lucchese is the, by far the cheapest or 10% cheaper than you compared to over on DK and Fandle where he's 20% more expensive. Does that move the needle? Not really. Cause I'm not entirely confident. Lucchese's going to get the win and um, he's, I don't expect him to pitch that deep. I mean, I know that the Rockies are bad on the road, but you know, this lineup, it's obviously led by, you know, Blackman Aaron not a story. But it's just a team that I don't like taking left-handed pitchers against. I mean, he has the highest, uh, like, odds to get the win out of all three of those pitchers, though. I disagree. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, it's Vegas. I'm I just, mean, I disagree with Vegas is what I'm saying. Well, they're stupid sometimes. So I, <laughs> I mean, they. Uh, what was uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook? Was letting everyone bet 10-1 to 1 on Tiger going into the final round, right? I mean, that was more about getting more business. <laughs> yeah, that was a promotion. Uh, I'm going to split the tie. I am going to go with Boggs on this one. I'm taking you, Darvish Grant. You have been overruled. Uh, I like Lucchese. Uh, I, I think I just preferred Dar- – I'm going to take this matchup against Miami, who as bad as you want to tell me Colorado is on the road, 
I don't care. That Miami lineup's uh, absolutely atrocious. I'm, I'm with Darvish on all their sites not named Yahoo. But all yeah. right, yeah. You're playing the – you need that $3 is kind of what you're saying. Well, um, you need that $3 compared to giving up uh, 1.5K on the other sites. Yeah. Um, what about the uh, Freddie Peralta? Because the Cardinals – have rolled out basically their normal lineup, which consists of a lot of right-handed batters. And you look at Peralta, you want to be a lefty against Peralta. And it's Matt Carpenter, and then there's a couple lefties towards the bottom. But the heart of that lineup's all righties. Uh, you, you know what you're I'm, – I'm never going to play Peralta on a cash team. It's, there's too, too much Jekyll and Hyde in his game for me to embrace that variance on a cash team. Um, but in tournaments, this looks like a reasonable spot if you believe in the right-handed splits here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's real simple. Peralta can either get you negative points or tons of points. <laughs> yeah. it, it all depends on if they're hitting it that day. I think I'm more on the side where the uh, Cardinals are going to crush here, but they are Peralta's in play for every single slate. That, that's just what he is. He's a guy she's mentioned today, similar to Robbie Ray. It can go one of two ways. I don't think he's going to be that chalky today, so I will take some shots on him, but it's just a complete coin flip of whether the hard contact and the walks are going to kill you here. And it's being played over in Milwaukee. So that's going to be more likely that it's going to, he's going to get crushed by the hard contact with this good hitting Cardinals lineup. Yeah. You go to back to last year on plate IQ, a 214 Woba allowed a 31 strikeout rate, uh, almost 32 to righties. And you can see a whole bunch of righties in here. Boggs, what's your thoughts of them uh, in, in large field tournaments today? I I just I don't I don't see it. You know, I I get it. He's effective. the fastball that there's more velocity on it this year. There's like two extra miles per hour on. I know you yeah, hate that. And it's it. resulted in two negative yeah. points. <laughs> um, so I mean look, it's just a tough lineup. And it's not just, just because these bats are mainly right handed, um, that doesn't do it enough for me. Um, so I'm not I'm not messing around with anything. All right. Uh a couple other pitchers I wanted to talk about. Um I don't know, Boggs. It's, Perez, it's the Martin Perez. You're you're bailing on. I, he's twenty five bucks on Yahoo. I think I can find the extra money for Darvish, but no, I think he's slightly interesting today. I I I, I would love to hear your thoughts. Why? Uh, he's changed up a couple of pitches, and Toronto. I don't think their lineup's very good. Well, that's that. I'll give you one half of that. But <laughs> all he's throwing throwing faster, which theoretically could make his change up uh, work better. But it's a cutter. I can bring him up. It took me forever to find him on Statcast today, but it's a, a cutter that's almost been unhittable to start the season. Uh, I'm not sure if that's gonna. All the rest of his pitches total garbage. It's just the, the cutter is a new pitch for him, and it's working pretty good. Well, that's fine, Dandy. But I mean, why didn't he start the year in the rotation? Like, why is he from the bullpen? Not necessarily stretched out. I think that if you, you know, want to equate like large bumps in velocity. Uh, you get that from a spring training when, you know, you're maybe trying to show something new uh, or you get it from being in the bullpen. So I don't think he's necessarily stretched out. Um, not that he's really ever pitched deep in games anyway. And I, I just really think he's a bad pitcher. Always have. Uh, Grant, you're probably not going past Luke Casey. Phil Meyer. Well, talk to, I mean, against your White Sox. I mean, you can't do this. You can't be a trader. Uh, do you know what I did all last season is I played the White Sox and I played pitchers against them. Yeah. Phil Meyer's not really a huge strikeout guy. He's only showing 11% this year and he was at 17 last year. But this White Sox lineup is 
all the way top to bottom full of strikeouts. You're playing the odds here, and the odds are that Phil Meyer can end up with seven Ks in this game. It's absolutely possible. Polka's sitting at a near 50% K rate, as worse numbers than Chris Davis this year, which is saying something. Davis, just went, Davis went yard. Davis had himself a day today. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, he's been a guaranteed strikeout or two pretty much every single time. Castillo's the only guy that's strike Castillo and Tim Anderson, only guys striking out under 25% this year in this lineup. Based on an average pitcher, if he lands on the right side of home run to fly ball variance and Babbitt, he is going to be one of the highest, if not the highest, point per dollar pitcher on this entire slate. I have White Sox stacks, I believe, in the Vegas odds where they have a five implied run total, but that can land anywhere on the board. And I'm not sure Phil Meyer is going to go past five innings. So if he can just escape clean for five innings, which is absolutely within the realm of possibility, he can be one of the highest scoring pitchers on this entire slate. And they also incorporate the fact that the Royals bullpen isn't that great. That's baked into the overall price. It's 47 degrees out there. So that's going to help a whole lot when it comes to not allowing home runs. Wind in too, um, in Chicago. Yeah, that always kind of miles. That's irrelevant. Yeah, and um, you know, Phil Meyer wasn't someone on my radar tonight. Uh, I might have to look at him a little more. Boggs, you got any interest? No, not particularly. I mean, I, I don't disagree with anything Grant said. He brought up some good points, yeah. but uh, what I always stress is, you know, just because you get a high strikeout line, it uh, doesn't doesn't equate to strikeouts. Uh, you can certainly get there. Um, that's how you know inconsistent with the White Sox it constantly does yeah I don't know man I just uh, I'm not a believer in him I I might rather play Irvin Santana to be honest with you gross um, I mean the only person with a lower fantasy point total per game so far this season than Phil Meyer is Irvin Santana at minus uh, <laughs> minus 10 on, on Yahoo so far this year. Fox you in for a beer bet I bet that Phil Meyer outscores you Darvish today Okay, I, I I was gonna say I'll take Irvin Santana, but uh, you want to give me Darvish? Yeah, I, I like to chug beer, so this works yeah. out great for me. Win 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 for Grant. All right, let's go to some <laughs> let's go to some bats. Uh, if you play Bauer and Darvish or Bauer and uh, Lucchese, you can you know finagle the lineup to get guys like Trout in there pretty easily. Although Trout is approaching uh, the tw- once you get like the twenty seven to twenty eight dollar range on Yahoo, I, I usually um, really don't use the high-priced hitters. And Trout's up to 29, which I think is the highest-priced hitter I've ever seen on Yahoo um, over the course of the past two seasons. Uh, we'll get to him in a second. But, Grant, give me uh, – you know, I pull, I've got the bat pulled up over here. It, it likes a lot of the Angels. The Angels are in a really good spot today. Uh, I think one of the first guys, that, you know, we should recommend is probably going to be Cole Calhoun at just 13 bucks. You like him tonight? Of course, you have to like him. They have a five and a half implied total here. He's batting lean off. He's going against Shelby Miller, who's not very good, and he's too cheap. Everything points towards Calhoun being the chalkiest play, probably over on Yahoo when it comes to the outfield here. So he's absolutely in play, and there's zero question about it. Do you want to eat the chalk, or do you not want to eat the chalk? You could, I think one of the best moves is to not throw him in your stack and throw Brian Goodwin instead. He's $1 more. He's batting fifth. He's going to have one fifth the ownership. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking cash, Calhoun's very, very clear play here. Yeah, we have Calhoun at uh, right around 20%, and Goodwin, like you said, at 6%. So about like a fourth of the owner. Actually, it's more like a fifth of the ownership right now with, with Calhoun. But, Boggs, do you see any reason 
you know, at least for, for cash games tournaments, there's always a lot of game theory stuff. And we pointed out on Slate IQ, hey, right, the Angels are going to be pretty chalky tonight. Um, in the history of DFS based on Slate IQ, maybe they're going to be a little bit too owned today. Um, but I think uh, Calhoun's got to be one of your first guys on your, your cash teams. Yeah, and he's going to make it into a lot of my tournament teams as well. I mean, I know you, you mentioned game theory. Uh, you guys are definitely more qualified to talk about that than me. I'm not smart enough for that shit. Uh, you just play. You just play the good plays and win the money. He, well, I mean, look, he's just in a great spot, and you know, you can say, "Oh, the wind's blowing in Texas." It always blows in Texas, and you can say that there's no jet stream anymore. Well, I call bullshit. I watch water. Watch a lot of those games, and the ball carries out to right field, and the wind's blowing in. Uh, you can't just all of a sudden overnight change the design of a stadium to make it absolutely neutral. Uh, so that it, you know, it's nice weather after that storm that apparently rolled through there. You know, he's leading off against a shitty pitcher and against a really shitty bullpen. So that's uh, no red flags for me. Another guy I'm looking at, Grant, uh, it's opposite in this game is going to be uh, Danny Santana playing for Texas here against Cahill. Uh, he'll hit from the left side of the plate. He's eight bucks. He's hitting second today. That's uh, that's a value almost too good to pass up on Yahoo. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. He's eight bucks. That's a strictly a price point. <laughs> I mean, you can get a guy batting second in a lineup with over a five uh, implied total with aces on the board. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, honestly, um, Castilli for the Reds is kind of in the same thing. He's seven bucks. It's going against Kershaw, but Kershaw's going to have a shorter leash. You only got four innings of him. He's right there with him. Like, you just need to save money at certain spots. So, Pretty much Santana, um, Kurt, and Duda at seven bucks are just throw them in because you can get Bauer and you can get Nola or Cindergard. Uh, uh, you, you meant Casali, right? Catcher? I don't know what I said. Yeah, I That's think you said, Castillo. you said Castillo. You were right, right team, wrong last name. So, yeah, uh, Kurt Casali on Yahoo is the other guy. Uh, he fits into some lineups. Uh, he's seven bucks. If you wanted uh, a little bit better of a hitter, um, it's tough to get past that leadoff lineup spot for a catcher. That's like the well, they got Garber. Yeah, there's Garber. Garber's a lot more. You got your boy, uh, the Beef Castillo against Phil Meyer. Uh, I don't hate that either. Boggs, you got a favorite catcher. It's really tough for me. I know it's against Kershaw, but a minimum price catcher. Um, well, actually not minimum. Sometimes Chris Davis has been a buck this year, so I've been playing him quite a bit. Um, but Casali, seven bucks at catcher, gets the position out of the way, a leadoff hitter. That's very tough for me to look past. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going there. Uh, we didn't talk about Kershaw, but mm-hmm. I'm going to be I, – I don't see – You like him tonight? Well, it's more based on that lineup that the Freds trotted out. Um, there's a lot of guys that can strike out, a lot of guys that are not very good hitters with left-handed pitching. You can say that about Casali, but, you know, you're a guy that doesn't like your – guys to get pinch hit for if you're talking for cash games and i can almost guarantee he's going to get pinch hit for that he's leading off um so yeah and kind of going back to you know danny santana i think he's a tremendous pun on like fandle where he has second base eligibility Mm -hmm. but i'm not going to give up one of my outfield spots uh even if he's been basically mid price in this situation he's not a good hitter um, and KO can definitely get through him, but um, I do like Texas for what it's worth. I just right. really let's go spot for Danny let, let's talk Trout because like he's one of the reasons, right? You play the Danny Santana, you play Kirk Casali on Yahoo tonight. So he's twenty nine bucks, which is 
I don't know. It's always tough for me to click on these high price hitters, but he was on a roll. His numbers are absolutely off the chart. He gets paid. He keeps on trucking. This is a great spot for him tonight in Texas. Um, you mentioned a possibility. Hey, if they're up six, nothing and it's the seventh inning, do they pull trout for, you know, a defensive replacement or something like that just to get him out of the game? Is that a worry yours tonight? Do you think he's worth uh, top dollar in the outfield? Well, it's, it, it's tough. Um, I would say yes. Uh, but I am concerned about that. And I think an interesting thing to do, you know, you talk about, you can bring up your slate IQ thing. If you faded him in, in, a, in a tournament, because there's a realistic possibility that the angels do go off, but that they'll pitch around trout. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he potentially gets yanked. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I can just, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, mm-hmm. I expect runs from both teams. So that's why I, I still want to play him, but if you expect the Angels just to, to blow blow Texas out, I don't expect him to be in the line for the entire game. So we've got um, we we have the ten chalkiest hitters are also on Slate IQ, and we we try to match the ten chalkiest hitters with previous ten chalk you know chalkier hitters from the most recent twenty five slates, things like that. Um, very small. The the leverages on individual bets are always very small, but there's a very small positive leverage even spending top salary for a guy like Mike Trout, um, even at one of the highest ownerships of the tonight, at least on DraftKings, for Slate IQ box. Does that do anything for you? Sure. Sounds good. Uh, Grant. Isn't it pretty much just like Trout is like playing Arenado on a course slate? And similar course slates. I w- there's so much math on this behind the scenes that um, Cole and Jamino have worked into here that I, don't, I can't even get into it all, but I would imagine it's sort of something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, what do you think on Yahoo? Is he worth playing a Santana and a Casali? Or if you don't play him, the problem if without with not playing him is that everybody in the mid tier seems like they're overpriced. So if I'm going to pay for someone I think is overpriced, I might as well just pay for Trout. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of guys that are overpriced, but I don't think any of them are a necessity. I mean, looking at all you the guys. You play Yelich instead for a dollar less. No, you don't unless you're stacking them up. That's, that's pretty much it. You don't need to play that, pay that much for Yelich. It's super tough to do. And you're basically just saying, all right, do I want Syndergaard and Trout? Or, I mean, do I want uh, Phil Meyer and Trout, or do I want... Or Alex Gordon. Yeah, or do I want you <laughs> Darvish and a normal just hitter? Mm-hmm. It's tough to pay up for these guys, and I understand it when they're going to be low-owned in a low-owned stack. Paying up for a guy like Belly makes a little bit more sense. He's obviously a much worse play than Trout. But if you're rounding out a stack, there's a heavy correlation there. So if you play multiple Dodgers bats, not many people are going to go with Belly at $3 cheaper than Trout. Mm-hmm. Going with Mondesi at $4 cheaper than Trout, if you're rounding out a KC stack, makes sense. But paying up for Trout in a heavy-owned stack or even as a one-off is not worth it. It's not worth it for cash when you're sacrificing your second good pitcher. It's not worth it in tournaments when he's still going to draw some ownership and you're giving up that much money for um Boggs what about a shortstop uh how, how about we put Simmons in how does that sound at 14 at a tough to fill position you look at the high end you know sure I want to play Mondesi but he's $25 that's pretty unattained Freddie Galvis up to $22 what's going on over here right um uh, I, I could just play Simmons in Texas 14 bucks that seems like one of the better values as well here yeah and you know He's a guy that oftentimes, you know, in previous years, I would leave off angel stacks. Mm -hmm. Um, He's actually kind of getting 
becoming a, a, a better hitter. He was used to be just pure defense, but he's getting a better hitter. Should have RBI opportunities. And, um, you know, at that spot in the order at that price, even though Shelby Miller struggled more to lefties, uh, it, it's not a bad idea to play Simmons. Um, what any other position players you're really looking at tonight, uh, Grant? I've got uh, Eric Thames at minimum price uh, at first base. That looks pretty good to me. He's hitting fifth tonight. Uh, do you have a take on that, or do you have a, a more pref- preferred first baseman? I mean, he's super cheap. He's got the platoon split. Yeah, you go with him. Carpenter going against Peralta at 16 bucks. It's, I think, a little bit too cheap. Mm-hmm. Or you can go with Shaw on the other side for 14 bucks. Um, but, I mean, a lot of what you're going to be doing is going to be getting guys in this Rangers-Angels game. It's the highest implied – or it's the highest – Cozart's down at nine. Huh? Cozart's down at nine bucks. I know, but I don't what want – What a horrible batting. start to the season he's had, though. I don't want someone batting eighth. It's just yeah. not really worth it for me. I mean, Bob, yeah, you I like think... you like Cozart at all tonight? No. He's just been so horrible to start the season. But, I mean, if Chris, if Chris Davis can turn it around, can Zach Cozart – Hey, Chris Davies hasn't turned shit around. Man. <laughs> At least for a game. Been one of the hottest hitters for like two days straight. Yeah, two days. He's probably leading uh, fantasy points of all baseball hitters right now. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I generally don't play on my cash team the guys hitting seventh or eighth. I will forego um, so-called optimal lineups just to get uh, higher in the order bats in as long as they are in reasonable spots as well. So I don't think I'd be playing some Cozart. Um, who would you rather do, Duda or Thames? Who would you rather play? Wrong phrasing. What, where's Duda batting in the lineup tonight? Sixth against Santana compared very, to – They're very – those are – that's like a possible, like, make two lineups on Yahoo for cash teams and split Duda and Thames down the middle. I think they're very, very – it's, Yeah, it's definitely close. Uh, I think – I don't think Duda would get pinch hit for it, where Thames is – pretty much 100% going to at some point in the game. Yeah, I think, uh, you know what? I'm going to make the switch to Duda. I like that. I like that call. We're going to go a little, we're going to go off the chalk. Uh, Let's see if that was a chalky swap here. I got to zoom out on my other computer. So at first base, we have, we do have Yahoo ownership if you're premium members now. Jamino's whooped that up behind the scenes. Uh, So we've got... Am I on first base? Uh, we've got Smoke actually at 14 as one of the highest projected ownerships, but I think it's going to go down to the cheap guys. We have Duda uh, projected a, a little bit higher than a guy like Thames. Thames doesn't even have ownership currently, so I'm going to imagine the algorithm for ownership hasn't caught up to everything, uh, so that's going to be something I'm going to have to check back. But yeah, I think I, I think I like Duda there quite a bit. And then um, second, I know who we're going to put in there. Third, third base is kind of the one other spot. And if, if we play trout, it's carpenter. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I guess we can, how much is carpenter 16? We can, we can make something like that. Carpenter on all sites. I don't get why he's so cheap. And I, did you guys read cheese's article today? Was he, was that sarcasm from him regarding carpenter? Or does he genuinely think he's like going to go over three? I don't. I did not read Cheese's article today. I did, but I'm assuming if it's. I mean, Carpenter, he thinks Carpenter is the greatest hitter in all the ages. Uh, so right here, here's kind of like a base of some of the players we like on Yahoo tonight. Uh, looks like a lot of Angels. Uh, we like Bauer, Darvish. Uh, looks like you can fit elite pitching with Mike Trout pretty easily. Uh, so that'll give you an idea of some of our favorite players for tonight. Uh, some YouTube QQs have come in. 
Uh, I got to answer those and then we'll, we'll close it off uh, with some of our favorite stacks at the end of the show here today. Uh, so we got Puig as a one-off. Anybody playing Puig today? Against Kershaw. He's nine bucks. Going to have a nice night. I mean, he, yeah, he's cheap enough where you can potentially do it. Uh, former hitters going against former pitchers that were on the same team mm. tend to do well, and he's talented enough where he can easily take Kershaw <laughs> deep. Puig pays attention when he's out in the outfield. <laughs> There's no chance. Kershaw's throwing. And... Oh, Kershaw's break on that curve is looking real good today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, still, like, it's historically worked out decently well, and he's cheap enough, and Kershaw is not going to go more than five innings in all likelihood. So he's going against bullpen guys that he's gone against or that he's played with for a while. I don't hate Puig in nine bucks. Uh, Grant, you're playing a little more on FanDuel tonight than I am. I'm not at all. Um, Shoemaker or Lucchese, FanDuel cash team? Honestly, I'm not sure either. Let's go with Darvish. He's cheaper. Um. Thoughts on a Toronto stack tonight, Boggs? <sighs> Are they going to make the cut? Yeah, no. Um, but I, I will take some cheap, you know, batters, uh, you know, as one-offs, you know, like a jury. I think T. Oscar's got a decent batting spot tonight. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't play again. I think that the outfield position is just way too valuable mm-hmm. uh, on Yahoo. I wouldn't be messing around with with guys like Taste Guard, Toast Um. Let's see. Uh, Gallo, we didn't really talk too much about him. Uh, of course, we're going to like guys in this Texas game. Cahill can get hit around, especially by lefties. Uh, the price on Gallo, uh, high, but hey, when we're playing tournaments, price doesn't really matter. We're just looking for upside. He's got it. Grant, put your water bottle down. You got to take on Gallo. Yeah, he can get two home runs any game. Play Gallo in tournaments. He's not worth it in cash at that price tag. Boggs, what do you think on Gallo? And specifically, we can talk about Texas a little bit more as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I've been playing probably too much of him this season, but he's a GPP player, and uh, so am I. So there you go. Um, so I got the Rangers lineup. Chu, Santana, Andrews is playing really well to start the season. Mazzara, Gallo, his dribble's always fine. Uh, Forsyth, the Shields has uh, multiple ways to score points for us. Uh, you know, the Rangers lineup looks pretty good tonight against Cahill. Yep. Um, yeah, so I can definitely get behind that. Uh, how was the pudding, Grant? I mean, it was handy snacks, and it was delicious. What Now, are we talking about the pudding from Hattie B's, or is this some Hattie other pudding? B's pudding is actually very good. I will give Dean that. It's not as good as the chicken, and it's not as good as the mac and cheese. But So what's this other? I thought we were referring to the pudding from Hattie B's. Well, we on the last show I was at with Dean, I think I talked about getting banana pudding from a barbecue place around here. Mm-hmm. Just going to the store and getting handy snacks for a buck, and they are delicious. Oh, all right. Yeah, that sounds good to me. That's right up my alley. Um, let's see. A couple other questions, and then we'll get on out of here. Uh, any interest in smoke? I guess that goes more to the Toronto stack question. Boggs, what's your thoughts on a guy like smoke tonight? I, I just I don't like him unless he's hitting from the left side of the plate. Well, yeah. he's going to get one or two at bats. I don't hate it. It's just, again, you know, as much as I don't think Martin Perez is a good pitcher, he's not a guy that typically gets like lit up all the time. Yeah. And the, the twins, you know, if I'm not mistaken, are kind of underrated, pretty good bullpen. Um, so I don't, I don't hate it, but I would prefer if this was in Toronto, a much better hitting environment. I just, the, the number is a 124 ISO since the start of last year against righties, a 300 Woba. Too many Ks for Smoke. I pretty much only play Smoke when he's up against a, uh, a righty pitcher, and I think I'm going to forego him uh, against Perez tonight. Um, all right, Box. 
favorite stacks. Uh, how many how, how many entries you playing in that big thing on DraftKings? So you decided five. yet? You got five. Give a, give the people an allocation of what you expect your lineups to look like tonight. I'm just gonna stack five different teams. Do you what's which five or give me a couple of them that you're definitely gonna? Well, I like uh, the Angels range yep. game. Um, and you know after that. The St. Louis, I'm not really sold on St. Louis's attack, but Milwaukee definitely, especially now that they have a pretty good looking lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, outside of that, you know, I might take a stab on like a, a Minnesota, like I talked about. Um, although I don't like stacking to get Shoemaker, uh, you know, Shoemaker, Shoemaker to pay my taxes. <laughs> yeah uh let's uh don't forget guys if you are a premium member we have launched sleet iq for baseball there's a nice video kevin cole put at the top of it if you want an explanation it's about 10 minutes long he will explain uh in more nerdier terms than me all the things that went into it if you want to get uh to glean insight into some of the numbers behind the scenes um but it's a really cool product i encourage you uh to take a look at it if you're a premium member if you got any questions or comments I'll leave it at the bottom of the page here. Someone will, will likely respond if you got a question to it. Um, but it's a new thing we've been working on here. It's really cool. Yeah, it applies to DraftKings. Um, if, so if you're playing DraftKings tournaments tonight, uh, make sure to check it out. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for the show. Grant, you got a hot take? Uh, uh, give me Phil the Meyer. Hattie B's. Give me the Hattie B's hot take of the night. Phil Meyer outscores Bauer. Oh, wow. That is, <laughs> that's, that's the Hattie, Hattie B's hot take. I, um, I said last time that uh, Giolito would outscore Carrasco by 20 points, and that happened. Yeah, so uh, maybe Grant's on to something. Boggs, there's no way we can top that, so we're going to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, thanks to everybody for watching. Go check out Slate IQ, and uh, have fun tonight out there, guys. Uh, thanks for watching. We out you. Thank you. This is Kevin Cole, Director of Data Analytics at Roto Grinders, and I'm here to walk you through our new Slate IQ product, this time for Major League Baseball slates. So those who are familiar with what we've done with the NBA, a lot of this is going to look similar, but we brought some new wrinkles to it that'll be specific to MLB contests. Right off the top, I'll say that this is for DraftKings only content, because that's what we have the most robust set of data to work off in our results db database so the key here and the the key to the whole structure is building off of the results and insights that we get from similar slates so we have thousands of previous slates in our database what we do is we look at the main slate coming up uh, for that day and for the next day and we match that slate against all of the previous slates, we find the 25 most similar slates in terms of how many values there are at different positions, in terms of where the chalk is for pitchers and for hitters, and in terms of some of the big macro things like how many games are on the slates and how many different players there are available at different positions. So there's a lot of texture for how we're looking at it. And then once we match those previous slates to the current slate we take the top 25 and we crunch a bunch of numbers there to give you insights into what may be successful in upcoming slates so the first thing i want to talk about here 
is the main table, what we call slate texture on here. And as you'll see, the slate texture has a bunch of different items. It gives you what we call similar and average. Now similar in this context is based only on the 25 most similar slates that we've calculated here. The average is looking at all slates of a similar type game count. So a similar number of players, similar number of games that are in total in the slate. And we crunch all the different numbers, you can get an idea of how this particular slate probably fares versus what would be on average. Now we give you the cash line for for 50-50s and double ups. Uh, we give you the GPP line, and we're calling this the top 0.1% of entries, what they averaged on here for the two. We look at the win. So the number one ranked entry for GPPs, what the average was there, obviously it's a lot higher than what you're seeing in the others, and then what you see in, in, in the average. And then below that, we have a bunch of numbers. Now we have stack ownership and chalk hit rate. I'll, I'll take stack and ownership together. These are proprietary formulas that we came up with, which weight higher numbers for either a great deal of stacking and bigger stacks get a higher weight here. And then ownership, how high the ownership is of particular players. So we're talking about whether or not the chalkiest pitcher and hitter options are much higher than what you would see in a normal slate. And 50 is the average. So you see it comes it comes in here. And you see this this stack in particular that we're this and you'll see this slate in particular that we're looking at, stacking is a little bit less used than it was on average, whereas ownership, people are really uh, using higher owned players in these similar slates. As we go down, chalk hit rate. Now this is looking at the top two pitchers and the top five hitters by ownership in all these different slates and how often they're hitting or not, meaning that they're represented in a higher percentage of winning lineups versus what they are for the field. And then as we dig further into, you know, game count, just letting you know the averages are about the same here. Number of players, as you'd expect, is a little bit more here uh, for the similar versus the the average. And then as you go down, we have the average salaries for the pitchers for the the most expensive pitcher in the second, and then average ownership for the most expensive in the second here for those different things. So that's kind of the main slate texture table that really enables us to look at everything from a high macro level. And now the, the powerful stuff that we're gonna dig into here, and I think this will be one of the more powerful things, is team stacking. So we have every single team on the slate here. And when we're thinking about this in terms of team stacking, we're looking at four and five hitter stacks. So what we've done is for each one of these teams, I'm looking at the total level of ownership of all the different batters, all the different nine batters that are in the starting lineup. But I'm also looking at the gradation between uh, the highest, who are the chalkiest players on this, who are the lowest, and I'm also looking at the fantasy point distributions there, and I'm taking these particular teams for tonight's slate, I'm matching them against the closest analogous teams from the 25 most similar slates, and that's how I'm crunching some of these numbers. So like I said, the total ownership comes from what's actually happening on tonight's slate. The winner amount, now this is the top 0.1%, how often they had those similar teams in their winning lineups. The field is the same thing, how often the field had those similar teams in winning lineups. And then I have uh, the difference between the two, which is a simple subtraction, and then the leverage, which is the winner divided by the field, and then you're seeing the percentage over, over the field. So you're seeing here for, for Boston, for instance, it's going to be the most highly owned in total, all these different batters. I'm estimating that the field is going to have this about 10.3% ownership of four or five hitter stacks. Uh, the winners by the similar slates is about 12.5%, so you're getting a little bit of a difference there, and you're getting leverage there. And like I said, we're calculating this for every single team 
on the slate. So I think this is going to be pretty powerful in driving insights from these 25 most similar slates. Uh, the next one we have is stack type leverage. So this is looking at some very popular stack types here, and these are gonna, not going to change. These are going to be the same every single slate, um, but we're basing this, again, on the 25 most similar slates. We're looking at uh, winners, the top 0.1%, the field, the difference in the leverage for each of these. You'll find most often, and this may be something that's changing and we'll have to look at over time, you'll find most often that in the past, these heavy stacks gave positive leverage and maybe were underused in the past. Now, how people are playing these contests going forward, MLB contests, that may have changed. So like I said, we're going to continue to monitor that closely to see what's happening in 2019. Now, the way you read this, if it's 5-3, that means five hitters from one team, uh, three from another. 5-2-1 is five from one, two from another, and then one left there, and so on. So you can see how, how it builds out between your eight hitter options and all these different large stacks, four and four, four, three, and one, and so on. Next, we have pitcher leverage. Now, this is another powerful one because we're tying every single pitcher on the slate to their most similar counterparts from the 25 most similar slates. And we're getting, you know, our ownership number that Chris Gimeno and the team works on there uh, diligently. And we we try to be the, the best there. And that's a very key component of matching. And then we look at similar slates from similar pitchers from these slates. And we say, how often were they in winning lineups? And then the leverage that you're seeing in all of these different ones. So again, as we're scrolling down here, you can see we have every single pitcher on the slate, and we think that's a pretty important and, and valuable tool there. Uh, the leverage is calculated by looking at the, the winner ownership based on similar slates versus what we're projecting that they're going to do, uh, what we're projecting the ownership is going to be, and that's how we get these leverage calculations. So it's a little bit negative when the winner ownership on these similar slates is below what we're projecting. Uh, we go down to hitters. We're doing a little bit less with hitters because there's so many different options. What we're really going to look at is the 10 highest projected ownership hitters here. And you see all these here. And then, again, we're doing the same calculation. We're figuring out, based upon the 25 most similar slates and the most similar players within those slates, how often we expect them to be in winning top 0.1% lineups and then figuring out the leverage based upon what we're projecting for ownership. Further down here, we have some charts for your... For your viewing pleasures, you can kind of get an idea of looking at this from more of an optic standpoint than the numbers in the tables. So here's a salary spent by position looking at starting pitchers. And as you scroll down here, you can see this is the, you know, the SP1, SP2. And if you look below, it has three different categories. These are the winners of similar slates based upon today. This is the field based upon similar slates that we're seeing today. And the field average. So this is just looking at the average that you would find on this particular game count, but not looking specifically at the most similar slate. So again, uh, how often winners have these, uh, um, the, the, what they're spending on average for these players on similar slates, how often, what would the field was spending on similar players for these slates, and what on average for the number of game count you're looking at, what, what uh, the field had been spending. So this is for pitchers. We have the same thing for hitters here. Uh, we break out the uh, outfielders by the three different positions by salary ranking uh, and you go through here again you have the winners the field and the average for all for all of these different positions and the last set of charts here is another way of visualizing uh, salary tiers so this is the salary tiers for starting pitchers and you can see each one of these tiers so how often is someone uh, a starting pitcher above 11,000 between 9 and 10 8 and 9 and so on all the way down you can see all these different tiers here so it gives you an idea of how the texture and this is just purely based upon winners that we've seen from similar slates and we go down here and we have the same exact thing the same breakout for hitters 
Uh, again, we have these categories that are a little bit different, obviously, because the, the hitters don't cost as much. Greater than 6000 between 5 and 6 I'm sorry, between 5600 and 6000 These are $500 breakouts where they were 1000 above because of the pricing of the different positions. So we're hoping this is going to be a great tool for you to use. You can gain a lot of insights here. We're hoping for also a lot of feedback on what else you may want here. But the most powerful thing that we've done here, and I think you'll see, is we're tying these insights from the millions of entries and thousands of contests and our results to actual teams, actual pitchers, actual hitters to try to get an idea of where you may find leverage in your GPPs for upcoming play. Runners, Dean here at Steam 78904. If you want to get all technical, I'll be in a 501 on the dot on the East Coast, 201 on the West Coast, 401 Tennessee time, which of course we did five of the flagship show here at Rotor Grinders. It's called it's called Grinders Live. It's possible by fantasy draft. Join me today, Chopper, Chopper of Heads. What's going on, Chop? How's, uh, how's Monday treating you? Monday, fine. I'm fine with Monday. You know, it's good. Back to baseball. I spent the weekend looking at basketball because, uh, you know, playoff, playoff weekend kicked up so uh and then there was this golf tournament everybody keeps talking about so I had to tune into that on Sunday but uh back to Monday back to the MLB all all the other things are forgotten about now you sound yeah you have any takeaways as far as basketball I love but my favorite thing is like tw- according to Twitter uh the Magic are going to face the Nets in the, in the NBA finals or the Eastern Conference finals that, that's what Twitter's telling me well, yeah, I just, think, I just think there's some some fan bases that are very stoked that their their teams are doing well in the playoffs, and that's good for them. Being uh, as far as the over general overarching view of uh, the NBA playoffs for DFS, I mean, I could have done it without it, man. I wish I would have never signed up for a game. I got, I got gotcha. Gotcha. I, I, I didn't. Man, I'm not gonna lie to you. That Saturday morning, the very first game of the day was Philly, and and I I thought Embiid was for sure out. You know, they was doubtful, lingering knee pain. I thought for sure he's out. So I, all my rosters I made, I made quite a few rosters where Boban, we're all about like uh, MVP, not just Boban. It's a trickle down effect. It's let's load up on Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris, and let's we can play Jared Allen now. Those kind of things, and it all four minutes before lock. I, I, I had no way of, of adjusting, and of course, it comes down that he's actually playing, and all those guys were useless, and of course. One of your highest scorers on the slate is the guy you couldn't get in there. So, yeah, I could have done without it, but it, it was fun. What did you think about the match? Are you a Tiger Woods guy? That's what we need to know, Dean. Are you Tiger Woods? Or do you think this is all just ridiculous? I, uh, I, I was. I don't care about golf, but I don't understand 
celebrating a person who I don't think is a good dude. So uh, I don't get, I am a contrarian. Everybody's all excited about Tiger Woods. And I was like, why are we celebrating who I think is a bad person? So uh, yeah, so good for him. Uh, but people are very excited. But uh, I, I, I don't care for golf as is. And I certainly would not root for Tiger Woods. Okay. Well, one last thing that I need to know. Is it too early? For the GOT spoilers on this show on Monday, on Monday yes, afternoon. Yes, don't be that guy. Oh, everybody's seeing it, though. They're, nobody's DVRing it anymore. Everybody's watching it live. They're not foolish enough to try to flow through with no spoilers. Is there a worse person than the guy who, like, and I, I wasn't even, like, uh, undercutting anybody that was tweeting out there, but the dude out there who, like, gives, like, the play-by-play as far as it's going on GOT as you're watching it live. Like, first of all, this is the show you have to pay attention to. Like, it diminishes the value of watching it as is. Like, who's reading your Twitter to what? Nobody wants to read your stupid spoilers on Twitter uh, as the show's going on. I, I don't know. I just want to know. It's just really <laughs> – but, yeah, it was fine. It was a good – I, I thought it was a very good – we can say this. I can say this. Uh, you can give spoilers. I don't uh, encourage that, but uh, I, I guess I can't stop you. Uh, but it was a very good uh, – you know, it set the table nicely, I would say. How about that? Fair enough, Dean. I, uh, I feel pretty good. I, you know, I, I rewatched the whole series. Me and me and my wife, we we rewatched the whole series a few months ago. We started and we timed it to where we watched the very last episode, right when the other one kicked off. So we we timed it out perfectly. I feel good about it. There, and you know, the key was there was characters in there that people have forgotten about. They were fresh in our minds. So we were all we were all ready for the season. Eight episode one, we were we were in there, so it was good stuff. I did not do the rewatch. I, I went on the old YouTube and like listened to a couple of like the uh, the recaps, and there were some good ones out there that kind of were. Oh yeah, because it's been a couple of years. I remember that guy. Yeah, yeah. Is that person dead or still alive? I have no idea. But uh, yeah, the, the recaps worked for me, and the chat's crushing me right now. By the way, as far as uh, my take on Tiger, and the funny thing is, is like I think he's a. There's a. I don't think he's a bad dude for the reason they probably think. He, uh, I, I think he's a bad dude. But that's a a story for another day, I suppose. But. Uh, Nonetheless, uh, Chopper, you ready to talk to us about some baseball? I suppose we can talk a little baseball. <laughs> Do I have to like twi- you know, twist your arm or anything? Doesn't sound like you're. T- I love this slate, to be honest. I think it's great. I feel locked in this one. I feel pretty good about tonight. It seems pretty straightforward. I'm not going to lie. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I guess that's one way of looking at it, I suppose. And I don't have to play a you know, top 35 player, Justin Moore. Thankfully, he didn't make the lineup today, so I, I get to miss his 0 for 4. Um, so that's nice to see him not playing tonight. Um, I wanted to pull up. I'm trying to copy and find the old. So Slate IQ is today is free today. It's a premium to, you know, that, that Kevin Cole puts out there. And it's it's uh, it's above my head for the most part. It's like a 10-minute tutorial. I believe today is the first day it just came out. And I don't know, have you seen the Slate IQ? Are you aware of the Slate IQ? Do you know what that is? Of course, that was a thing for basketball as well. And, you know, a way to get leverage in tournaments and things of that sort. And he does a much better job of explaining it than I do. And I feel like I should share it with everybody. I'm uh, going to drop the link in chat in just a second. But uh, Slate IQ Chopper, have you used it? Are you aware of the concept? I definitely, definitely saw it and used it in the other sports. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just MLB just cranked up. So uh, I guess we'll get, I would imagine honestly that for MLB, there might not be a better sport for Slate IQ, more geared for it. It just seems like that type of thing is really uh, prevalent in MLB more so than, than any other sport I would think. So uh, it could be interesting. It could be an interesting tool. There's a lot of good tools on RG these days. I'm not sure if my camera is all messed up or we were trying to figure out the old white balance before the show and maybe I look better than I actually am or 
I don't think I need that alcohol attention, but if I do, I'm in the office, thankfully, and D-Train's like, you know, 15 steps away if something would go awry, but uh, I don't know, is my face particularly red today, Chopper? Because I don't get much sun, so it's probably misleading. Yeah, look, you look fine, D. You look a lot better than you did like about five minutes or about nine minutes ago when you were trying to sort through all that stuff. All right. Uh, tonight's Slate Chopper. Uh, oh, I do want to mention if you guys are watching us on YouTube, feel free to like, subscribe, jump on over here at RG. Uh, yeah, fit our chat. And, you know, D-Train, our producer, who uh, multitasker to jour because, like, you know, if I keel over, he'll be all over it, I presume. I'm giving him this task. And there you go. Uh, if uh, something, you know, if there's any questions that are asked on YouTube, he's going to collect them, compile them, and we're going to knock them out at the end of the show as best be possible. Of course, he's compiling questions in the Rotorgrinders chat as well, too. We do have a segment dedicated just to the people chop. I know you don't like your answering questions sometimes, and it's, it's just a two-man booth. It's an intimate show. So uh, there's going to be some questions you're going to have to answer today. Are you going to be okay with that? As long as the questions are the right questions. They can't, oh, pertain, the right they questions. Pertain they can't pertain to sports. They cannot pertain. To, you'll answer Game of Thrones questions? Oh, that's the good stuff. Dean, I, I did, a, I did a, a crunch time last week. I did a crunch time oh, last week. And it, to- it's all about answering questions. I mean, it was like pulling teeth for a little bit, but I finally got into a groove of answering the questions. Did you host or did you answer? I mean, I was a host, but I did a little bit of answering too, Dean. Oh, look at you. You're multi, multi-talented, multi-faceted. Much as, it pains me, much as it pains me to answer those questions. <laughs> uh, in just a bit, uh, you know, we'll set it up later on in the show. We'll, we'll take a look at as far as our premium. Uh, we'll give you a little, a little taste as far as what's going on premium-wise here at RG. Uh, we have the consensus value rankings, expert survey, Jesus musings, the, the flight IQ premium, um, the slate IQ we talked about, ownership projections. We're actually going to take a peek at that shop. Uh, I asked, uh, I, I jumped in early in the show and I asked the chat, I go, what do you guys want to hear? What do you guys want to see? As far as our premium, we're going to show some ownership projections. Of course, those are always fluid. Uh, Jamino's always working on those, and his team are always working on those up to, uh, to lock, depending on how lineups are, are cracking, things of that sort. But uh, we're going to fire up the old uh, lineup HQ, and on that, it has the ownership, it has the umpire data out there, and uh, spoiler alert shop, there are some extreme hitters umpires and extreme pitchers umpires today. So uh, there you go. It might, it might uh, break a tie. Is, it, is that What's your general thought process as far as the extreme hitters umpire, pitchers, pitchers umpire? How much do you care about that? Oh, man. It's so, it's so, there's so much stuff you can turn over in baseball. Like, uh, you know, leads, one thing leads to another, leads to another. There's so much information. I think it's valid. I think all of it matters to a certain extent. And, uh, but, you know, like you see, use the keyword extreme. Yeah. Out of the mill stuff, like there's a large gap there in the middle where I don't think it matters. When we're talking about extreme pitchers or extreme hitters, umpires, I think you can, I think you use it to your benefit. There's just so much stuff. You just have to have to be careful how much stuff you're actually using. But I do think the extreme uh, matters in, in baseball. It is important to kind of figure out what matters to you in baseball because there's so much data out there. And, like, you know, you can dive into, uh, you know, everything possible as far as, uh, you know, how, how a player hits against, you know, 95-mile fastballs, 90-mile fastballs, curveballs, all, you know, the, the pitch data and all that stuff. And, of course, we have all that in the plate IQ. And a lot of that comes down to just like two at bats sometimes. And of course there's a bunch of the bullpen that's kind of sort of questionable up in the air. I assume I'm getting some RG alerts here. What's going on? Why do I keep a, well, <laughs> all right. According to a Devin, <laughs> this is our producer, Devin. Good thing I opened this up. Uh, they're tinkering with it right now, but apparently right now ownership is not working particularly well. Uh, so they, they are working on it as we speak. 
Uh, but we can take a peek as far as, uh, you know, maybe by the time we get there, it'll be back and running. If nothing else, we'll talk about, uh, you know, the premium plays. Cheese will give oh, you plays. Dean, <laughs> Dean, we got a good QQ already in chat, Dean. Good QQ. Yes. If you were in love with a girl, would you continue to date her if you found out she was your aunt? Oh, that's a good one, Dean. That's a tough one. That's probably a tough one for you. Why do you say me specifically as opposed to why is that tougher for me than the average I mean, person? The average guy probably would like eh, defer and, and move on to the next. But you might, I mean, you're a liberal, you're a loving kind of guy, Dean. You know, yeah, you're really. Or in the street. I don't, I mean, I don't know, man. How does, how does that work? <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. I think you got to cut your losses. And uh, yeah, that's, that's probably not for the best. Um, yeah, so. Uh, all right, Chop, should we start talking some baseball? Like, what, do, you, do you want to answer to that? Because you asked the question. I'm good. Let's go. Let's go with some baseball. <laughs> all right. Probably wouldn't appropriate. Uh, all right. So, Chopper, one of the pictures you want to talk about, you know, we, we have a, a screenshot as far as a slate. By the way, as far as pricing, we talked about it a week or two ago about how the pricing was so, so tight on DK, even fast draft to some extent. Now it's just super, super loose. And you can kind of basically sort of get whatever you want, which I think there's a happy meeting here someplace we haven't quite hit. The Goldilocks is going to find it soon enough, I suppose. But uh, Chop, who is the pitcher you wanted to highlight? Who is the pitcher you want to talk about as far as the slate? Because this is a this is a dangerous one because it's it's a great matchup, but it's a big name kind of sort of faded to some extent. But he's also been uh, a disaster so far, and he hasn't been good for a while. I guess you can argue. Yeah, I mean, uh, so we're talking about you, Darvish. He's he's the guy I thought would be the key to the slate here as far as pitching. I mean, of course, you're going to get what I think you're going to get what you expect out of Bauer, Syndergaard, so some of the higher price guys. I think that, but here's you, Darvish, coming in with pretty high projection. So in some models, and uh, yeah, I mean, he's like halfway. He's exactly almost halfway down the list on salaries uh, between the top and the bottom. So you're getting a really good discount on him. Fantastic matchup. I think this is our key, man. I think that if uh, if we're rostering you Darvish at this price tag and some people are scared off and and he goes crazy in this good matchup and, you know, he's got the control and everything working working well, I think you, you're going to have a good night. And if he goes out there and does what he's done here for a while now, then maybe you're not. But, boy, the matchup is prime for him. I'll tell you another thing, Dean. I, uh, I'm on my last chapter of Astro Ball, the book, you know, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Astro, the book about uh, the Astros and how they built the team. And oh, okay. Okay. It's, it's like uh, like the A's. It's the same thing with the Astros. Okay. Yeah. They had a specific section in there on you, Darvish, and, and how they figured out, you know, well, how they racked him around in the World Series thanks to Carlos Beltran finding out some tales on him. So, I don't know, man. Maybe the guy needs to get over that. Maybe uh, stop walking people. If he does, this is a fantastic matchup, and he'll, and he'll be all right, and I think we can – we can make a lot of money on this slate if Darvish, if we can get Darvish and one big hitter. It's funny you say that because I can't remember what pitcher it was, but I just I just read the other day about Carlos Beltran talking about it was James Paxton. I think he was saying J Carlos Beltran said that he caught uh, James Paxton tipping some pitches too. So I guess is that like Carlos Beltran's forte? Like he's good, like you know, picking up the tips as far as you know, pitchers tipping off the what they're gonna throw. As he got older, as he got older in his career, he started watching the film a lot more and a lot more, and uh, he became an expert on picking up things like that. Yeah, Carlos Beltran, Hall of Famer. Yeah, gotta be big. Longevity was there. The production was there. Uh, you know, I mean, playoff record for 
home runs. Yeah, I did it in the postseason, in the regular season. I don't see why not. All right, so the Marlins hitters. The thing is, last year, if you remember picking on the Marlins, it was like, oh, they're they're absolutely dreadful. They're awful, but they're you know they're pesky. They'll pop out. They'll ground out. This year, they're the same team, but worse. And like especially when it comes to striking out. Uh, if you pull up the old plate IQ, you can see specifically now. Unfortunately, O'Brien's not in the lineup today, which is kind of a slight hit to Darvish's upside for K's. But Granderson strikes out with 24% of the time. We're looking at Wallet strikes at a ton. Brinson strikes at a ton. 24.5% uh, collectively. And I know it's super early in the season, Chopper, but like, you know, Marlins against righties this year have struck out more than any other team at all in baseball, over 30%, I believe, just as a team generally. Uh, versus uh, the, the old WRC plus, the weighted run spreaded plus, the Marlins are 27th, 66th. That is not good. 100 being average, 66 is dreadful. Uh, they're just across the board, a disaster when it comes to WRC plus, when it comes to global, when it comes to ISO, there's really nothing they have to offer here. The tricky part of course, is that Darvish has the post strikes last game. I guess the positive is you can say chop. He didn't, he didn't uh, walk anybody, which was nice, but he did give up two homers, two homers in an environment that suggested like you can't hit the ball out. It was in, like a uh, Chicago with the wind either blowing in. It was like a crosswind six and a half total. It was like 35 degrees or so. He still gave two homers. Somewhat concerning, but uh, and the book also says, Chop, for tournaments, the book says you're not supposed to play you Darvish Chop in, in tournaments. Doesn't the book say that? Chalk, our, 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 our projected ownership is down. I'm not sure how much chalk he is. I mean, if, I he's going to be, he's got this salary. I mean, there's nobody else in that range or even come close. I mean, you'd have to go up a, a couple of grand or so to find some guys who are have similar upside when he's on. So, it might be worth it at this price tag. From what we've seen this year, there's a lot of a, a lot of aces are, are just going out there and having mediocre games, and that's just not going to cut it at ten thousand or above, like Syndergaard and Bauer. We need some real production out of those guys. Not super sure we get all that, so I don't know, man. I just think that uh, when he's on, he's on, and the matchup wouldn't even matter. So we're hoping he's on, and if he's on against Miami, he'll break the slate anyway. So. Then, and at that point, ownership doesn't matter. So I think we're fine with that ownership on pitching because if it was Max Scherzer and he was 40% owned, we'd still play him. Uh, I know you Darvish isn't as consistent, but we can, get, we can get away with the pitcher as long as, you know, we're still going to have, we're still going to have to nail our two stacks anyway. So, or how many other stacks you do, five from one team and then three randoms, whatever you do, you still got to get the hitting down. We can get away with the chalk pitcher if we get our hitting down. So you, you mentioned Bauer. Bauer's been, you know, maybe arguably the best pitcher in all baseball so far to start the season. He's been awesome. Uh, now he's facing a Seattle team. It's been super, super hot. Uh, been hitting the ball great. Against righty specifically, talking about WRC Plus, uh, they have been the second best team in all baseball, WRC Plus 134 against righties. Again, it's super early still, just kind of worth noting, I suppose. We do strike out at 25% of the time as well uh, against those righties. So it's kind of a give and take. And, they haven't faced uh, a pitcher of the caliber of Bauer just yet, or if they have, you know, I guess they faced Chris Sale at some point. Nonetheless, um, how do we feel about Bauer? The, the thing with Bauer to me is it's just uh, fantasy draft DK specific. It's really easy to play him. Like it's because they, the sticks are just too cheap. So it's like, he's just easy to play is where I'm at. And of course the upside's immense too. Like he could absolutely strike out 10 of these dudes. Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, yeah, that's a, uh, it's a good question, Dean. I think, I think he's definitely the number one guy on the board. He's priced like it, though, so it's a tough matchup. I could see a good game. I could see a mediocre game out of him. Personally, uh, 
I probably won't do it. I think I think my my path to victory is going another route with a, another pitcher paired next to Darvish and 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 hope Bauer just says Seattle offense is really good. So uh, I'm not sure I'm sold on him today, but he has been. You know, he's a 30 30 plus percent strikeout guy over the last two years. Doesn't you know? Doesn't give up. You know, the X fit the Sierra is all all working in his favor. He's really solid and so. I, He's good. I just don't know if I'm. That's the route I'm going to take today. I'm not. But you know what? If it was, it doesn't matter who it is on the slate. If he's the most expensive guy up over 10k, I typically don't gravitate to that. Like some, like you do, and Big T does. That you like those expensive pitchers. I, I don't necessarily get there. Yeah, man. I, the arms are more effective than bats. So that's kind of sort of the reason why I tend to lean on the big arms now. To be fair, if you want to stay in small samples. So far this year, like the ch- quote unquote chalk pitchers, the stud pitchers, hasn't necessarily worked out. Uh, as much as I wanted to have at this point. A lot of pitchers have been getting blown up. Uh, how about Kershaw coming back, you know, first start of the year. Uh, uh, wasn't particularly good in the minors last time out. I think he threw 81 pitches. Uh, if you use the Cardi map, Cardi kind of sort of suggested it. It's, a, you know, it's not definitive, but like a scale, like it can maybe elevate up to like 15 pitches or so. So in theory, I guess he can go 95, 96 pitches tonight. Uh, I would take the under on that, that said. And also, this is Clayton Kershaw. This is like a name brand. It's kind of sort of fading to some extent. Uh, this is a guy who had a, a K percentage under 24% last season, 23.9, if you want to get all technical and precise. That's still fine. That's better than the league average, which is about like 21% or so, but that's down from his career pretty drastically. The other part is Dave Roberts is still his manager, so I think you're going to baby him to some extent. Um, I And also they're asking for full price on Kershaw. You know, you're asking me for full price, and you're not going to give me full output. Like that's, I, I guess there's a world where you can go six innings and throw 90 pitches and strike out 10 dudes, and that's in today's lineup. It's not particularly good, uh, but I, I'm not playing enough lineups where I can get to Kershaw. Uh, I'm more in wait-and-see mode, and I'm also thinking the price is just incorrect. Yeah, I'm not playing Kershaw anytime soon. I think he's seen his better days, and I don't, I don't think they'll be – I don't think the career will be revamped anytime soon. He's, uh, like you said, not striking out as many guys. That rate is – about third, third tier or so on this on this slate. It's well behind guys like Bauer and uh, Freddie Peralta for what it's worth, even though he's not a consistent guy. But you know, there's a lot of a lot of those guys. Uh, you know, guys at 25 plus percent on the slate, and then and then there's guys like Clayton Kershaw, roughly 23.9, like you said last year. I don't know. I'm not going to get there. Nice low team total, but even with low team totals, I need strikeout upside. I don't think he has it. So. Probably not my guy. I agree with you. All right, Chop. Uh, we'll talk uh, our favorite hitters in just a second. You mentioned Peralta. Peralta's wild because, like, his K upside's great, but his walk up, upside is scary, too. Like, he's just the definitive, like, tournament play, right? Is that kind of sort of your at as far as basically every time out? Like, he can strike out eight guys. He can walk eight guys. Neither would surprise, surprise me. Uh, I don't think I'm playing enough lineups to get there, but I understand if you want to roster him. Uh, what's your thoughts as far as Peralta? I like I like guys like Peralta. You know, fair price, eighty eight hundred on DraftKings is a little bit much, but it's more 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 than less. He's usually fair price. He's one of those guys. If he has a bad game, you'll have a whole section of people coming on going, "People still play Peralta. He's terrible." But if he yeah. has a good game, there's another section that goes, "How could you not play Peralta? He's such upside." Well, I mean, he walks a lot of guys. Uh, you know, over eleven percent of the guys he faces, he walks. That's a big number. But he strikes out almost 30% of those guys. So, you know, both ways. He doesn't give up very many hits, uh, you know, about six and a half or so per nine innings. So that's 
You don't make a lot of contact with him. But when you do, they hit it hard, over a 40% hard hit rate. So I like him. I like the upside. I think he's a fair enough matchup. We just, we just have has to hope he has his A game. If he does, we'll be all right. He's like you, Darvish. I like you, Darvish, and I like Freddie Peralta. If they have their A game, you're going to win tournaments if you can get a couple home runs. If they're not, well, then you go on to the next day because they're getting blown up. There's really no middle ground. But I like them for tournaments. I certainly wouldn't trust trust him with uh, my cash game lineup. I wouldn't either. It's funny. Peralta, you know, a better version of Peralta is kind of sort of Luis Castillo, right, who's been in amazing form. He's another guy who historically great K numbers, but also can get wild on occasion. Uh, but he's also got a disastrous matchup against a Dodger team. That's we talked about the Mariners being the best team in all of baseball, you know, short sample size, but so far this year, the Mariners highest WRC plus against righties. Number one, I'm sorry, the Mariners second number one is the Dodgers at 143, uh, a Woba at 385, an ISO at 256. The Dodgers are absolutely walloping uh, righties. Um, I, but Castillo could also, in theory, like when that guy's on, his stuff is absolutely filthy. He could strike it, strike out eight or nine dudes. Wouldn't surprise me either. I think he's pretty interesting for tournaments as a pivot off a of Bauer or even going to play in both and just kind of, you know, lose one of your bats. You could still field a pretty good lineup because the price is uh, just going to make it fairly easy to do that. Uh, Louis Castillo, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I think you uh, kind of nailed it. He's he's similar to Peralta and in it. When he's on strikeout, his guy strikes out guys at a pretty high rate. The difference is he doesn't walk guys like Peralta does. So uh, you have that going for you. But, I mean, everything hinges on matchup in baseball. And I, the Dodgers aren't a team I, I want to uh, face right now. I mean, in tournaments, sure, you can pull the trigger on that. But I'd have to have several, several tournament teams to finally end up on Castillo just because I believe, I believe the matchup in baseball means a lot. And this is just not an offense right now I'm looking to take on. What are you doing with Thor versus Nola? Like, that's like two elite pitchers. And I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm right now, I'm mostly ignoring them. I'm just kind of hoping for like a 4 3 game and like nobody gets like racks up a pile of K's. And I believe I took a peek before it's as far as the lineup HQ. I think they have a, a, a hitter's umpire. I will confirm that when we get to the premium peak. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what to do with Nola and Syndergaard. You tell me. Um, yeah, that's a tough one, Dean. Dean is T. This T is amazing. I don't know if you can see it. It's glazed lemon loaf. It's lemon loaf. That's a flavor. Oh, they, they make flavors in all kinds. Tea, teas all kinds of flavors. Have you been rationing it out? I heard like it sounded like a, was that a last gasp? Oh, man, I'm just running through it. I've only got about a couple swallows left, Dean. I'm, this is going to be a rough, rough show. Sure. You got 34 more minutes. So I know, sure. man. It's so good though. It tastes like glazed lemon cake, and it's in a tea form. It's delicious, and it's herbal, Dean. So it's good for you, but. Yeah, it's a tough game. I don't. You know, like, I can, yeah, I can, you can send me to it, like ten percent off, or do you, do you know a guy? Or no, you get it. I got it on Amazon. It's it's amazing. You don't even have to leave your house to get it. But I'm sold. Noah Syndergaard, kind of a tough matchup. He's okay. I don't know if I want to play. Uh, pay ten grand for for this guy. Play him at ten grand. So that's probably a pass for me. And then Nola has been struggling. So the Mets aren't like a. a, a a tough matchup or anything. I'm not, I wouldn't be scared of the Mets, but he's been struggling a little bit. Still striking guys out though, for the most part. I, I don't know, but 9,600, I just, I think it's not, I, I'm either going to go Bauer and then some uh, middle tier options like Darvish and those guys, or, or just go middle tier, middle tier period, because I just don't, I'm not in love with that upper tier outside of Bauer who's fair and I'm not even stretching to go Bauer. So yeah, Nola, Syndergaard, I get it. If you want to go, I can't, talk you out of them they're, they're fine pitchers but not for me tonight 
So Chop the Chat was making fun of, like, I guess it was already up as far as the screenshot, one of the keys to the slate as far as the sticks today. And I don't even think this is up for debate. I mean, you lock them in your cash games, I suppose it's a conversation for tournaments. Uh, it's a good reminder that we live in the world of a salary cap because Cole Calhoun is leading off in Texas, you know, best hitting environment against Shelby Miller, who's an absolute disaster. Uh, you know, again, you're locked into those nine innings. It's very important to be hitting on the road, especially when you're leading off. Basically, have five ABs on layaway, assuming things go fairly well for the sticks, which I imagine they will. Uh, and again, he's super, super cheap, too. So he kind of helps you get to well, guys like the Mike Trouts of the world. Um, yeah, so there's no defending Cole Calhoun. Of course, you can absolutely defend Cole Calhoun in tournaments. But uh, as far as dollar for dollar, chop, tell the people he's one of the best players in the slate. Yeah, I'm just. Uh... I mean, let me pull up his – we got this game in this ballpark here. It's amazing. They, he's got an amazing matchup. Like, I was looking at it before, and we, we got hit with, I believe, Justin Bohr is out of this lineup tonight. And I was right. really looking forward – I was really looking forward to – Justin Bohr was my low-dollar home run tonight. I already had that one in my head, but I can't use that one now. But you know, Justin the fly now, Chopper. He is. I mean, of course, Mike Trout is – of course, we know that. You know, there's no – there's no – you don't have to – that's not, that doesn't take much to think, but if they're going to put up a good number in Texas and everything is, looks good at Shelby Miller and in that ballpark and everything, there's going to be guys around Trout that do very well too. And uh, I think Cole Calhoun leading off is one of those guys I can, uh, I think is going to have a, a pretty good game here. I mean, he hasn't really done a ton this year, but it's, this is everything setting up for him here. And maybe him not having such a great year, only two home runs so far this year. But maybe this is setting up for him to be a little bit under owned. I don't know what the he's going to be popular. I, I don't. I'm I, not I think sure. so. I think so too. But I think he deserves to be. Uh, I like it. I like this thirty-eight hundred dollars, and we get the leadoff guy in this ballpark to get Shelby Miller's terrible. I could pull up some numbers on Shelby Miller. I mean, yeah, hmm. we're we're talking about second most, and some of this is small sample stuff. The second most home runs per nine innings out of all these pitchers on the slate. And now you're going to Texas, and that's not a good uh, 52% hard hit rate over the last couple of years against Shelby Miller. Just, yeah, I can definitely. And he walks on top of everything else. He walks guys. Like that's the recipe for a perfect stack. It'll be a popular one, but yeah, Calhoun is going to be uh, one of my go-to guys tonight. A couple of lefties lurking that pen for that's worth for what it's worth. And you mentioned only two homers. He's not this big home run guy, Calhoun, but yeah. like. He's perfectly – I mean, look, I understand why you fade him in tournaments, and I'm sure I'm going to have a lineup or two where I don't play him just because, you know, you can fade anybody, and he's not a guy that, like, notoriously can, you know, put up a, a couple homers or, like, even a home run in, like, four RBIs. But uh, he makes a ton of sense in your cash games. Probably the first player to put your cash games. Uh, I like Carpenter. He's a little bit too cheap tonight. I'm both fans drafting on DK as well. That's Pat Carpenter. I know we talked about Peralta and his ability to strike out, uh, you know, strike out, dude, but – you know, again, you know, the lefty-righty splits, uh, you know, the Ks are still pretty good against lefties for what it's worth, 28%. That's a big number. 31.7% against righties. This is in 2017 and 2018. Haven't extended uh, this year's numbers just yet into that uh, sample size. But also, he's walking way too many guys. He walks. I don't want to walk, and Carpenter's willing to walk. So, like, it's like, I guess, it's like kissing your aunt, right? Getting a walk, I suppose. Whoa, whoa. And now you're talking some Game of Thrones. Buddy. That's a callback. That's the call. It's a callback. Fantastic stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I spun it because no, a lot of people say kissing your sister, but that's yeah. it was a spin on the show specifically. All right. Uh, but yeah, because he walks 15.3% of lefties and Carpenter uh, walks, what, 16.5% of the time. So 
it's not sexy, but he, he might get a walk or two. I don't necessarily want that, but that's better than a pop-up, I suppose. And of course the ballpark's right there in Milwaukee. It's definitely a home run ballpark. And there is a little bit of concern. You know, me, I'm always digging the bullpens and who am I scared of? As far as Milwaukee, I'm scared of Josh Hader. Josh Hader's only pitched one game in the last five. I believe it was three games ago. So if the situation calls for it, you can bet he's going to go a couple innings and uh, he is death. He's especially death to lefties. So you might be throwing it a bat away if, if Milwaukee's up like, you know, 4-2 in the eighth. Sorry, Carpenter, you're probably getting struck out by Hader. But uh, that's it. Uh, all that stuff's kind of baked in. Positive ballpark jumping. He's just not, he's not expensive enough. Chop, we are behind on time. You're not going to believe it. A little mm-hmm. bit behind. So let's go around the horn. Uh, your favorite catcher today. You know what's weird is there's a couple of catchers that are leading off, which is odd. Uh, favorite catcher that they always like to, you know, start off at the bottom of the list if uh, nobody really stands out to me. So how about we take a shot out there with uh, Kurt Casilli out there against Clayton Kershaw? How about that, Dean? He's Casale, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't listen. Kershaw is a contact pitcher now. He's not striking people out. You get a leadoff catcher, super low price tag. I mean, it's just kind of like what I look for in a, in a catcher. I don't want to, like, if I'm looking for just sheer production, who's your boy, Ostadillo? Ostadillo out there? Oh, you're talking about the La Tortuga. Okay. I mean, that's fine, $4,100, though. Actually, the price tags aren't that – they're pretty They're pretty condensed on catchers, so maybe you could go that route but against, against Shoemaker. But, you know, I get a leadoff catcher for a cheap – just about as cheap a price as I can find for a value catcher. And that's fine with me. I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, it's weird. I don't really want to pick on Kershaw. Like you said, that he still can strike guys out at 24% last season. And he gave up three homers in the minors in like 10 innings for what it's worth. Again, small sample. Who knows what he was working on? Uh, Casale leading off there. And again, this is DK specific because you don't necessarily have to play a catcher anywhere else. Fans draft, you can play whoever. Uh, Fandle, you can play a first baseman, utility, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I don't mind the Jansen. Earlier in the day, I was kind of on Jansen, a similar price point. Of course, he's lowered out in the lineup. He's facing Martin Perez, who I was talking to the people in the chat beforehand, like Perez as a GP. Uh, this is his first start of the season. His velocity has been up. Uh, they said that they changed his mechanics, and it was up in the spring as well, too. I don't know if it's partially due to his mechanics change, partially due to, um, you know, pitching out of the pen where you can kind of go full throttle. I don't anticipate him pitching deep, but if he, I, I suppose – in theory, he can go five clean against a terrible Toronto team if you want to punt uh, your SB2. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I don't mind uh, Williams' studio. That would be who we were talking about, Lefter Tuga. And Mitch Garber's leading off of Minnesota. They're playing two catchers tonight, I presume. What is the H? Probably a studio. Uh, otherwise, there's not really much uh, else going on. You can play whoever. <laughs> there's really not much else to say. Uh, first base, you said you like Justin Borchopper. Cross him off the list. Who jumps up? Yeah, that's that's a that's a tough blow, but then again, the way I'm going to shape my pitching out, I might not need all that salary relief anyhow. So I'm going to go with. Uh, there's a couple guys in the same price range, and I man, I'm really debating them. It's tough to narrow it down between the two, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and narrow it down to Goldschmidt. Uh, I think there's a good chance at a home run in this ballpark tonight. We're getting a pretty good price on him. I, I mean, I could probably rank him as the second best first baseman eligible guy on this slate. If I really, if you twisted my arm behind maybe Ballinger, and then we're getting him at about 10th down on the list or so for first baseman as far as price, I like Goldschmidt in this park upgrade. 
Yeah, I get the tricky part, of course, is Peralta's really, really good against righties. Um, but it is Goldschmidt. You are getting kind of a discount on him. I, I think I prefer Rizzo, which is kind of weird. I think Richards is a pretty good pitcher. Well, he's got a really good pitch as far as his, uh, his changeup, I think, is excellent. But his fastball is not particularly good. Rizzo uh, going home. He's good, of course, from uh, Snowman Douglas. That's where Rizzo went. Uh, you know, the price is kind of baked in as far as a terrible ballpark. The Marlins are not a very good team as far as their pen either. Uh, Shaw is kind of cheap, depending on where you're shopping. He's a first baseman on, on DK, where he's 3.9K. Uh, I don't mind uh, some Ryan O'Hearn versus Urban Santana. I think he's uh, definitely along to the two seed better days for sure as well. Uh, anybody else that's worth noting at first, like, if you want to be a contrarian, fire yourself some Cody Bellinger. He's been just annihilating everybody. And again, I don't really want to pick on Luis Castillo, especially at that elevated price, but I think you can get him fairly low own. Both him and uh, Max Muncy are in play for me in tournaments. Otherwise, the rest is just sort of like whatever. Uh, I don't know much else to say as far as first. How about uh, yourself? My, uh, the other guy I was debating was exact same price, Jose Abreu. Uh, he, he seems like he's in a pretty good little position tonight. I don't love the second base posi- uh, position today. Mustakos is available at 4.3K versus Dakota Hudson, which, by the way, small sample, but Dakota Hudson is this the guy who's got like ridiculous ground balls so far. Or am I confusing them with somebody else? I think it's Hudson who's had a ridiculous ground ball rate. Again, small, small sample size, but uh, yeah, through 37 innings so far, 62% ground ball rate, uh, which is, of course, he's not uh, not striking anybody out. He's walking too many people as well, but he's not giving up the ground balls. Uh, uh, no problem with Moose. Uh, Cano is really cheap against Nola. Who wants to pick on Nola? But he is cheap. Cheap enough to consider him at a position that I don't think is particularly good. Where are you at in the old keystone position? Yeah, I think there's, I think I got a lot of savings on the table already. You know, I can save at a lot of different spots. And then the Angels mini stack is going to save me money because the guys around Trout, I think, are really, so I can spend up here. And I think Whit Merrifield is the guy I'm looking at uh, taking. He's the highest priced second baseman I have on my board, $4,600. But Urban Santana, you know, like, yeah, uh, we could look at these numbers here from the recent history and he doesn't look good. He's actually got the biggest home run rate allowed on this entire slate of pitchers by a pretty good margin, small, small sample size, but <laughs> I, just, I just pulled it up. The numbers are ridiculous. 20 innings chop, but I'm not sure if you had that in front of you. 20 innings, 3.81 homers per nine. Uh, that's 2018 to 2019. That would be, that would be bad. It's super bad. The K rate is probably the lowest on the slate. Doesn't strike anybody out, gives up hits, hard hits. And, uh, Sierra, XFIP, and those things don't lie typically, and they're saying he is, by a wide margin, the worst pitcher on this slate. So I don't – I mean, and I think arguably Merrifield might be probably maybe the best hitter on the team. Why not? Leadoff hitter, weak position, so we get to to upgrade our weak position compared to everybody else, and just a fantastic matchup. And that's going to be – well, I'll save that for later, never mind. Good shot. Oh, is that going to be your home run guy? Jack and a bad guy? I don't think you No, Jack I'm saving it for later. I'm saving, saving that for later. Uh, yeah, I, I Merrifield also locked in most likely to five AVs as well, too. And, yeah, I'm pulling up at the Sierra 61. Again, it's a small sample for Santana, but and you spoke about the, the K rate, 12.6%. The swinging strike rate in 28 innings, 4.3%. That is just that is just putrid. Like, Shelby Miller's got a 7.3% swinging strike rate. That's bad, too. Uh, I wish it was a little bit warmer in Chicago for what it's worth. You know, it's 47 degrees right now. Uh, but still, uh, for sure, Merrifield's in play. And Vegas is not afraid of how cold it is. Nine and a half as far as the total in Chicago side. is creeping above five against Heath Hillmeyer, uh, who I would not play for what it's worth. 
third base, hot corner. What do you have for me? Yeah, this is uh there's a lot of good third basemen here. I could go a lot of different routes. Uh, if I want to spend up, I do. I do like Mostakos and Mancada. But we talked about Mostakos a little bit at second. He's also third eligible on DraftKings. Mancada, I like this matchup for Abreu and Mancada. Don't mind that at all. Uh, and then in that middle middle range there, Travis Shaw. We talked about at first base. I like him. You talked about Carpenter. And then there's Chris Bryant just kind of lurking there at 4K. Uh, not a lot of. I don't think anybody's really talking about him. So I, I can go that route. And a guy who I don't think their lineup is out yet. And usually you get those late games and the lineup doesn't come out too late. They get a little ownership depression on them. Manny Machado, I, I would definitely take a shot on Machado against Sensentala. Yeah, Antonio Sensentala is expected to start. He's not going to go particularly deep. It's probably going to be a bullpen, a bullpen game for a Colorado. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I like Machado. Probably, like you said, like, West Coast teams uh, just, just tend to be lower owned. Uh, people like instant gratification. The lineup's are already out as well, too. Nobody wants to make a lineup and sit around for three hours and wait for their stack to go off. So uh, all those, you know, the exception of the course. Course is like the one that people will wait for. But besides that, and of course, a lot of the you know, West Coast ballparks are, are pitcher ballparks as opposed to hitter ballparks. It all kind of sort of factors in. Uh, shortstop, what are you after, Chopper? So the cheapest guy right now that's in a lineup that I would pull the trigger on is Zach Cozart in that Texas game out there in Texas. Uh, so that's the one I, I, that's probably the one I like the most because he's cheap and you're going to get that matchup and everything. If not him, there's uh, Simmons in the same game for yeah. a little bit, a little bit more of a price tag, but you get a better spot in the batting order. But I think overall with price and everything uh, factored in probably Corey Seager for only a hundred dollars more than Simmons. I think there's just a lot more talent with Seager. And, you know, we're just hoping for an off game from Castillo. Or he's, he's been prone to give up home runs before anyway. So and the Dodgers can hit him in bunches. So I think uh, if he has an off game here, they can get to him and put up some home runs. So I like Seager. I was digging into uh, barrels, barrels per plate appearances. I'm a, I'm a sucker for the barrels. And uh, Adamarco Mondesi, number 15, as far as barrels per plate appearances, uh, don't mind him against the aforementioned Urban Santana. It was a little bit pricey, but uh, especially if you pair him with Mary, put a little, little mini stack there with KC. Uh, I want to get some O'Hearn. I don't hate Duda either. I don't know if I'm playing Dozier or Ford to stack with KC. I suppose you can. Uh, let's jump to the outfield chopper. Uh, well, Mike Trout, let's have that conversation. He's just really, he's not that hard to get in. Uh, he tell, he's calling back from a groin. He was out for about, what, five, six games or so. I assume he's fine if he's playing. There's no reason to rush him. Uh, I don't know. If they, I mean, again, why would they bring him back if he's not 100%? Uh, your thoughts as far as Trout? Are you in or you're out? That's a lock button. That's a lock button player right there. I, I think uh, I've gone cheap enough at pitching now in some other spots that I can get the best hitter on the board. And, I, I, you know, we're, ne we're never guaranteed anything in baseball. And 0 for 4 is definitely – in, in play with any hitter ever, but there's not a more consistent hitter in baseball than Trout. It's the perfect uh, little matchup here in, in, a, in the perfect ballpark for him. So I think I think he's a lock button. But chat's telling me I, I was incorrect. Uh, apparently, lots of Tortugas playing first base. The Twins the studio playing first because it makes sense. Nelly, uh, Nelly Cruz, the boomstick, is not going to play the field. Uh, he's DHing, and Garver will be behind the plate, I presume. Uh, other outfields, I know we talked uh, We talked about Calhoun. Uh, you know, I think Chin Zhu is too cheap in that game. And, you know, the Texas LA game's got a 10.5 total. You could, we want to pick on Shelby Miller, but, of course, you can pick on Trevor Cahill as well. 
Uh, where, well, Danny Santana batting second. Uh, he's 2K on Fandle. I think he's one of those guys that helps you kind of make things work. Not this great stick, and I don't even know if he's certain to stick around the entire game, but I do like him for cash games in theory over there to kind of make things work. You're spending all the way up for a guy like Bauer. Uh, a couple other outfielders before we step aside and uh, we hit the uh, the old premium peak shopper. What do you have? Well, I mean, you you talked about the guys that I well, you didn't. Nelson Cruz is one guy that I like. You you know, I, I think that's a pretty. I think that Toronto Minnesota game is sneaky for some home run potential in that game. So, like Nelson Cruz, you said Chu. I think Mazar at the very same price or like a hundred dollars cheaper is just as good. And then if, I, if I'm going down there, and you need to save money and you want to you know, plug in an outfielder in a good spot with a decent matchup. Bill McKinney, $3,400 is probably the cheapest guy I see right now that I would play in my lineups and feel, still feel comfortable about. Yeah, depending on your shopping, take Oscar Hernandez is really cheap on, uh, I think on Vandal as well. I think it's like 2 5 over there. Uh, don't mind him against Martin Perez. I know, again, Martin Perez looks better this year. The small sample, it fits you out of the pen. This is them drawing a start. We shall see how that goes forward. And of course, it's not the best weather there in Minnesota. Uh, it is a better a better hitter's ballpark for righties as opposed to lefties. I'm probably certain of that. Uh, Chop, you ready to take a little peek behind premium? I believe the oh, yes. I'm ready for you to answer those uh, messages in, up there, man. <laughs> we talked about this before the show, and they've been there for so long. I feel like they've kind of expired. And if I answer now, I'm a dirtbag either way. So. Just, no, we don't need to answer them. We just need to see what the people are writing you. I don't know what they're – who knows what it, what it could be. I, well, I, I know how we can solve you don't not knowing. We can look at it. I don't want to look. It's like a gender reveal party or something. That, I, I don't know why that's what I'm thinking. But, yeah, that's just one or the other. But, uh, all right, uh, well, let's uh, let's take a peek as far as premium. I got the old Vinep HQ fired up shopper. Uh, do you want to see Cheese's core plays? Do you want to see Notorious's cash plays? Do you want to see ownership? Do you want to see the pitchers? Uh, you know, the umpires. What do you want to see, Chuck? Yo, man, you hit it on it. Let's get some – let's see what Cheese has to say about this wonderful slate. He's, he's definitely my go-to guy in baseball. Cheese is good indeed as far as his favorite – this is his core plays, I presume, the cash game plays. He likes Bauer and Lucchese. We didn't talk about Lucchese. I meant to. I didn't mean to neglect him. It just kind of sort of happened in the conversation. But uh, you know how I said the Mar- – I was talking about how dreadful the Marlins are. And again, small sample size, but the Rockies have absolute disaster uh especially against lefties i believe i'm trying to pull up the numbers their wrc plus against lefties this year chopper is 32 32 that's 68 points off the average that is so bad uh 26.9 percent as far as striking out of course you know that you got a story you got black at lefties too and of course you have rr lurking you finally been got his first over yesterday on his first barrel so good to see that uh, great defensive play too almost got a no hitter but did not it was not meant to be for one Erman Marquez, maybe soon enough. Uh, I, I like Lucchese a fair bit as well. I, I agree with the cheese. I assume you're on board or not so much. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think, I think we're on the same wavelength there. Uh, Notorious likes himself uh, some Kikuchi. Uh, he's 7.7K against Cleveland. It's interesting. Well, some what? I, I, <laughs> I knew that. I don't like <laughs> oh, and then yeah, that was never mind. My my brain went to yeah, better. Uh, yeah, do you like Kikuchi <laughs> for the pitcher? I love player? it. Dude. I love it. <laughs> yeah, are, are you playing uh, Kikuchi for the Mariners? Probably not. Probably not. Uh, there's just other guys that I like. They're just same price, and I'll, I'll take them. But I, I get it. I understand if that's the route you want to go. It's interesting because Bauer has been so dominant. And like uh, Vegas has like a basically a coin toss as far as Kikuchi versus Bauer. But that's because Cleveland 
has been especially dreadful. Jose Ramirez is cheap, uh, for what it's worth. Uh, we didn't really mention him in passing, but he's definitely a guy I would consider rostering. You got good old Mr. Tuttle for tournaments. Yeah, like if Indergaard, uh, I was combining Thor and Syndergaard. I said Indergaard. Noah Syndergaard, uh, I think he's going to go fairly unknown. I love Louis Castillo for tournaments. We talk about Freddy Peralta for tournaments as well, too. So uh, I guess we're in line as far as Tuttle. Chopper? Yeah. You there, Dean? Because you're cutting in and out, but. All right. Well, hopefully. I'll just, uh, nod, I'll just nod and agree with you because I didn't catch the last part of it. But sounds good. Tuttle's, Tuttle's demand. Tuttle's money in the bank. Let's take a peek as far as uh, the, uh, let's see, the umpire data. Uh, there you go. We need some umpire data. I know there was a couple extremes. That's kind of what I take notes of. Uh, extreme umpires today. We got uh, uh, Freddie Peralta's got an extreme pitcher's umpire. He needs it, too, because he can be especially wild. Uh, Martin Perez and uh, the maker of shoes, the Cowboys, got one as well. Extreme hitter's umpire for Rola and Syndergaard, as I referenced earlier. And if you need that Texas game to become even more appealing, Texas versus L.A., that has an extreme hitter's umpire as well. Uh, and you, Darvish, has the hitter's umpire, too, so that should be fun. But, of course, you know, you got to hit the ball. And the Marlins don't do a very good job of that. But uh, Darvish might need those corners. I know he had no walks his last time out, but I'm still not completely sold there. There's, uh, we don't have umpire data for some of these games because Chop how it goes down here. I'm sure you know. Maybe the people don't know. Uh, the start of a series, you don't have the umpire data right out the bat. It takes sometimes an hour before the game, depending on the West Coast games. And then after that, you know where it's going to go during the series because they just rotate, I believe, counterclockwise. So next day, next day, next day, up until they move series, you will know uh, instantly who's going to be up behind the plate the next day. Uh, ownership. Let's take a peek as far as ownership of the pitchers we talked about. This, uh, what I have up right now is the DK ownership. Specifically, we do have a fantasy draft as well, but uh, as of right now, I for FanDuel too, for what it's worth. Uh, let's pull up the old, uh, ownership. Who do you think is the highest owned pitcher today, Chopper? On DK? Without looking, without looking at your screen, I'm going to say uh, I think I think I think cross cross between Darvish and and Bauer would be one of those two guys. Yeah, as of right now, and again, this is a uh, fluid. Jamino and his team are always working on this all the way up the lock. Bauer's the number one guy as far as ownership projection for tournaments, thirty six percent. Nola twenty eight percent, a little higher than I thought. Yeah, that's a surpriser for me right there. 24 for Darvish. I think that's a little low, personally. Again, these are just my opinions. Uh, you know, who am I to question? Domino, he's this is a deal. So, uh, Lucchese at 18%. I agree with that. Anything else? We talked about Syndergaard being 11%. Ooh, yeah, man. Wow. So, you know, that's just that's just flat out uh, what the kids call... Uh, leverage? Uh, leverage, yeah. I guess leverage. Embracing variance? That's just flat out. That's the textbook definition right there. We have Nola, we have Syndergaard. What's the real difference between the two, like in a vacuum? Like nothing, you know? Like they're they're pretty darn even for the most part with all the data we have on both of them. And here we go. We got one at 28%, one at 11%. The 11% is just as likely to have a monster game, and the 28% is just as likely to tank if that happens, if one of them would, was, were to tank. He's just – like that's just flat out – Perfect GPP leverage right there. Fade Nola, go, go Syndergaard. But I mean, you know, who am I to say? We got nine minutes to step aside before we get out of here. So let's get off the premium peak. We want to save some time for the chat. If you guys are on uh, YouTube, feel free to like, subscribe, ask a question. We'll do our best to answer those questions because our producer 
Devin will throw them here in the Roto-Grinders chat. Of course, if you guys are already in the RG chat, feel free to ask some questions as well. Do our best to knock those out before we get the questions chopper. Uh, stacks, Dongs, uh, who do you have for you as far as your favorite stacks tonight? Man, whew. I don't want to tease the people by sucking on that tea bag, but it's just too good, Dean. You got you to gotta go for it. Can I do my? Can I do the dongs, Dean? Yeah, we just broke so many euphemisms, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, whatever order you want to do. Highest it. price, highest price, uh, big range. I'm going to go with a little leverage, another little leverage play. J.D. Martinez. Oh, wait a minute. You know what? Wait, he played earlier today, so I don't think he's available. And I don't think he did. Hit a home run because if he hit a home run, my process is on the money, Dean. I don't. They only scored like one run. I know okay. Chris Davis over for it. All right. You know what? That, I don't know how that got in my – I don't know how that got in my player pool. Let's go, Mike Trout. You Trump. were the perfect game, and then what happened? I know, man. The teabag got me. Teabag – okay. You know what got me is you ended the you ended the screen share, and it, it threw me all off on my screen. But, I announced that was ending this. I said, we're going to get off the screen. Know, but I didn't expect it to put a big piece of cake in, on my screen because the meeting is over. That's what it did. But <laughs> All right. Mike Trout, that's an easy one right there. Let's go Mike Trout. Mid- middle range there, Marcelo Zuna against Freddie Peralta. I'm going to hope that Peralta doesn't have such a great game. I like the ballpark. And then I, this was going to be a Justin Bohr play, so you could plug in any low-priced angel if you want to, but just for the sake of uh, giving you a real name, C.J. Crone in that Minnesota game. I think there could be home runs in that game, and I'll take C.J. Crone getting a pretty decent spot in the batting order. All right. I'm going to throw my home run guys in chat since we're behind. I'll do that when we get off the show. Stick around. There's there's a tease. Let's stick around for chat. I'll throw my three my three dudes in there as we have questions loading up here in the chat as we speak. Uh, Lucchese versus Castillo in tournaments. That's a tough call because I like them both. And I, I will say I'm more likely to have more Lucchese than Castillo. So the cheaper price, better matchup. That's kind of where I'm at. What's your thoughts as far as those two? Right now, Lucchese against who? Castillo. Where's the Dodgers? Oh, yeah. Lucchese. I think I'd go Lucchese. I just uh, – I don't like picking on terribly tough matchups with pitchers who can be fragile, and that's a that could, can be a fragile guy. So, I'll go Lucchese. They're asking uh, my favorite shortstop in tournaments. Um, I want Simmons. He's not exactly – doesn't stream tournaments, but he's good for a stack. He's not going to strike out. Simmons does make contact. And uh, as far if, – if it's not Anderson Simmons – it's probably one of the shortstops in the San Diego-Colorado game story. Of course, we know we could annihilate lefties. Obviously, they get a ballpark shift there in San Diego, but it is a better ballpark for homers for what it's worth for righties as opposed to lefties. Or Tatis, who just has massive power against Sensatella and whoever, what other punching bag that Colorado's going to roll out there. For what it's worth, if you're playing on the old sharp side app tonight, I like the Lucchese. I like the, I like the Padres to win. Maybe even play a minus one and a half if you're all risky. Uh, Chop, you have a favorite shortstop? For tournaments, I'm going to stick with uh, some of the things I've already said and love that Dodgers stack out there. I think they can get some home runs. So, uh, Seager. Oh, boy. Uh, Chopper, can you handle a threesome? Three for three? Oh, oh Bubba. Yeah, I'm like I'm like Braun on GOT. I can, <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> but he got interrupted, though. No spoilers. That's uh, what I'm selling, Big T, man. You got you to you give me an extra two minutes, and I'll, I'll join. I'll, I'll go, meet, go to your meeting in about two minutes. But I, I, can't, stop, I can't stop at that point. This is for FanDuel cash specifically. Bauer, Grichuk, and Jose Ramirez versus Darvish, Yelich, and Bellinger. Yo, I'm going Darvish side, but if you if you change out the Jose Ramirez to somebody else that I would find acceptable, I, I might lean to that side. But as of that particular question, I'll go with the Darvish side. What do you think of a Royal stack today? I like we you didn't give me a chance to do my stacks, but they're my oh. sneaky under the radar. 
like LA is easily on top of everybody's radar. We know that Shelby Miller, but under the radar, Kansas City against Irvin Santana, all the things we've said about him, and nobody will ever attack those guys in that ballpark. So, yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, there's a question. Red Stack, is that sneaky plus Puig and uh, Kemp? This is first blood yeah. revenge, if you believe in baseball revenge. Right? <laughs> no, I don't. I draw a line on baseball revenge when it comes to a hitter. That's just too tough. Pitcher, well, you can't allocate your usage, yeah. Maybe, maybe a pitcher can go out there and have a little extra steam on his fastball because he's upset or something, but not, not for hitters. But, yeah, I mean, if you're asking me, is Cincinnati against Kershaw an under-the-radar stack that has upside? Sure it is because, uh, like we, all, we said, he doesn't strike out and miss as many bats as he used to, not even close to what he used to do. So, yeah, you can, you can definitely – I think there's going to be times this year where we stack against Kershaw and we win all the money. Maybe tonight's one of those nights. So it's definitely under the radar, definitely GPP worthy. I wouldn't go full stack. I like a little mini stack. I don't mind uh, a Suarez, you know, notoriously pretty solid against lefties. Obviously, negative ballpark chip. Puig is super, super cheap on Vandal. Uh, he's like 2-2 two, two or 2-3 two, over there. Kemp might be the minimum as well. Uh, but otherwise, I don't – I mean, I'm not rostering Shevler. You can have him. I like him, you know, lower spots, obviously. Uh, let's move on. And more questions here in the chat before we step aside. Crane's upset for spoilers. We didn't give any spoilers, did we? I don't think so. For, for Game oh, of Thrones. I, I don't know what Crane's crying about. He's always crying about something these days. So they want us to pronounce the pitcher for the Padres. What do you, who do you think is pitching for the Padres tonight? The cheesy? <laughs> I, haven't looked at my, I haven't looked at my chart. Is he the one who's throwing for the cheesy? Well, I mean, I think it's Lucchese. Uh, I've heard Luizica. No, no, hold on. Wait, wait, hold on a second. They're saying Luizica. Uh, for pronunciation, they want a pronunciation of Luizica for some reason. I'm not really sure why, but uh, okay. I thought they were asking about Lucchese. I get those two confused. Nonetheless, uh, let's. This is not using our three minutes valuable as far as our, our question. Good. We gave them all the info they could possibly. If you can't produce a winner from what we gave you, then we just didn't give out good information. But we gave it all out, though. We gave out everything we could. Shop, do you like a twin stack tonight? I said I think uh, there could be some home runs in that game. This is a really weird slate because there's a lot of spots that are going to be, I think, have a chance to blow up in the Minnesota game, like another GPP game. That's a stadium that where you can get some right-handed power in there. It's two pitchers that, I mean, I'll always – it failed me in the past, but I'll always stack against Martin Perez. I just don't find him good. And Shoemaker's been pretty bad too. So, absolutely, that's definitely – Think if we bypass the Angels and we want to go under the radar stacks, which is a smart thing to do in baseball, that's definitely one of the games that should be on your radar. They're asking about Austin Dean as a last man in on, uh, for punt for cash. Uh, no, like you don't, you can, it's not that hard to get good bats in today. Why would you? No, don't roster Austin. Chop, you're not rostering Austin Dean's uh, area. No, I'm, for, I'm, I'm, I'm in on Darvish anyway too much. I wouldn't roster a batter against him anyhow. He's, he's not good. Oh, yeah, uh, there's so many options. I don't know why you would do that. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. And he's also an outfielder, like a position that has like some, uh, you know, some upside there. If it was like a terrible position, we would hate everybody. Like, segue, uh, they're asking about Danny Santana on Fandle for tournaments. And he's 2K. And he's batting second. He's not this great stick or anything. But the position is not very strong. So I'm perfectly fine. And, of course, Santana is the guy that gets you the guys you, know, you actually want to roster. You're not rostering Santana because you like him. But, of course, he can certainly fall into one as well. Uh, they're asking about the maker of shoes in chat there, Chopper. What's your thoughts as far as Matt Shoemaker? Well, you know, I'm, they're telling me he's really good, so maybe I maybe I should be uh, thinking about not stacking against him, but 
you know, I don't know. What do you think about Shoemaker, Dean? I mean, he's kind of sort of there. Uh, he's just like a league average pitcher, basically, to me. I don't think he's anything special. Uh, he's had a history of injuries, too. So, uh, and like, I'm not ready to make any conclusions on like two or three starts in one season. I, I like the bigger sample sizes as opposed to the smaller sample sizes, but you also want to get ahead of changes, too. So it's kind of a, a delicate balance to give and take. Uh, but Chop, I did ask you earlier about your stacks, and I think you just answered me with dogs. So it wasn't like I was ignoring you. I think you just. Okay. Well, let me give them to you again, Dean, real quick. Angels yeah. easily, clearly at the top. KC, nice under the radar. And I actually like Milwaukee uh, in that stadium to do some damage. And, you know, we've talked about some of the other things that are good GPP spots, too. But those are the three that stand out to me the most. They're asking about the best Fandle value, Crone, Thames, or O'Neill. <laughs> Is Crone, isn't Crone like 2K or something? If that's, the, that's the one I would take. I'm concerned where he's playing. I, mean, I guess he's playing the outfield because maybe he doesn't stick around the entire game. And okay. another guy, Milwaukee's too deep. There's a really decent chance that, that especially if a lefty comes in, uh, Thames is not last the entire game. He gets double swapped out. So, uh, again, I have some concern for that for what it's worth, uh, just sort of throwing it out there. So all those guys come with some sort of uh, concern. But also, Crone and Thames have massive power, right? So it doesn't matter. They could, they one at bat, you're good to go. And if they bang one out, it doesn't matter what – they take him out of the game. You're still you're you're on a what are you playing with the house is money. I would say it. Uh, Chop, we gotta go. We gotta step aside. The aforementioned cheese is good. It's on with uh, with Kevin Brawl for uh, crunch time. If you guys have premium, uh, if you're premium members, of course you know what crunch time is. That'll be starting at uh, six p.m. on the East Coast. Thank you guys all the way up the lock. Uh, they will break down pitchers, catchers, the whole deal, every single position. Brawl will tell you what's lurking as far as the weather. Chop, you got anything for the road? Should be a fun night of baseball and basketball, guys. I'm I'm looking forward to it. You're going back to war and basketball, huh? The two the two gamer, a little two gamer. Embiid's gonna. I know Embiid's playing tonight, so I'm I'm fully suited to to put in a roster tonight. All right, he's Chopper. I'm Dean. Enjoy your baseball tonight. We're out of here. Holler.